It's another week of TCP, another week of drama. Uh, it hasn't really ended. It's just ongoing, continuing forever. It's episode 257 of the Tactical Crouch podcast. And um, some pretty major news going on in the last 48, 72 hours. Uh, the first of which is that TENS has been secretly engaged for eight months. Discuss. Yeah, that was unreal. Good, like I, I didn't know. Happy for him. See, I, like I'm a millennial in a socioeconomic situation where getting married this early isn't feasible, so I mm -hmm. didn't know that was allowed. Mm -hmm. I had to check. I had to realize. It's oh shit! Allowed. It's allowed to be married in your early twenties. Damn. I guess he's a millionaire, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's got. He's got enough money to get married. True. Pretty crazy. Um, and other than drama that happened, Illy just got dropped from Optic Texas. Discuss. Who? Damn. Um, it's pretty rough. I know it was a you know not the booming, not the season that Optic Texas wanted. They still won major one to be fair. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I think Scump will stay though. I think they're gonna keep Scump and rebuild around Scump and Dashy. Maybe. What do you guys think? Uh, what I think is, I thought Scump was retired. That's how much I know about the CDL. Bro, yeah, that's here's the difference. Camp. Here's the difference between the CDL and the OWL is Overwatch League. The drama will kind of happen, and everyone will say nothing about it. And then uh, to know what happened in the drama, somebody like Halo has to post, or you have to post, or apparently Ice has to post, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. somebody has to post. And then, like, people would discuss on Reddit and Twitter, and no one, no one that actually knows anything will actually come forward. And then that's it. In the Call of Duty League, what happens is Crim6 gets dropped from NYSL. Uh, Paulie is a restricted free agent, which means he's benched for next year. And then there's all this drama surrounding their beef with Hydra, and Hydra, like, holding grudges against Crim6. And then. How it goes down is after the Ross news comes out, they all jump on one, one big fat podcast together, and the two players that are beefing, Hydra and Crin Six, go off at each other on the on the podcast live, and they all just they just fucking hash it out right then and there, right and they just tell their sides. It's it's like, bro, it's the Maury Povich show live. That's the difference, you know. People love that. Part show. of me, part of me wants, part of me wishes we could add that. Part of me wishes like, dude. If there's some shit going down, everyone should just jump on. We should all just, like, the, the parties involved mm -hmm. just come out and just, like, say what they got to say, boom, and get it out there. Everything is so cloak and dagger in the Overwatch League. You, you feel that? It's quite, like, everyone's, everything's, like, mad secretive all the time. No one, like, there's no, there's no official word on anything. I mean, yeah. I think and we the have, like, words, a The official word taste. is always, like, PRified, like, mega yes. PRified. And never like the the people actually involved just saying what they got to say. Look, they, like I, I my experience reporting on this scene is basically like you know how people flame me like going like wait the budget tier list like who are the sources? Why are you not naming the specific sources? Like <laughs> can I be a source? A funny comment. And I'm just going like, do you guys understand oh how this God. scene op operates? I'm basically like when I'm asking for the for, for those that information, like. My sources retract like a snail's eye back into their body. And I have to wait and go like, oh, little snail, come on. 
give me that and like I'll I'll make sure that it's all anonymous and everything because nobody would commit right like there's no drama entity these are, in there these are these the people that make those comments are 13 year olds who don't understand how journalism works yeah yeah bro just leak your sources of megalol yeah yeah that seems really good yeah no i like if if i have the the trade off of getting more insider knowledge out but not disclosing the source then i take that trade off every time right mm. and i think given how a nobody and this actually surprised me. Nobody had anything to say about the the budget tier list, and also how like some people have come forward and said that it is pretty accurate. Uh, I think Brad was one of them. Um, oh. Then, like, I feel like you you can infer that I probably asked the right people. So yeah, I don't know. Like, is right. again is is another difference maker. In Overwatch League, after years of, I don't even know where this person went, to be fair, they had no reason to continue having a presence, and that's fine. No no, uh, no blame on them for that. But Kate, former GM of the Washington Justice, comes out of, I don't know, again, wherever she's been. Uh, not that that matters. Mm -hmm. But she's been gone a long time, and she just writes on CompoW's like, yeah, I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, cannot confirm or deny that... Uh, my non-disparaging agreement means I can't tell you anything. <laughs> Just comes out and says that. Yeah. Uh, despite having not posted for like literal years. Honestly, uh, again, that if it, but if she signed a non-disparaging agreement, that is already. So here's so, so here's the comparison I'm gonna make. But then then the Call of Duty League, Crim Six gets dropped. Hydra's instantly like, yeah. So Crim was like kind of racist towards me, and then Crim's like, no, dude, like. That that's not even how it went down. Like this is what I said. Like it wasn't it, it wasn't that way. Like you know, and this X Y and Z and Clayster can back me up and all this kind of stuff. And you know, and uh, and and also like yeah, you're saying that shit about me, but also you were getting special treatment from my head coach for like days off and all this. And they were just I was just fucking going and like all the all the secrets are just spilled. Is it all serious? The juice has been tipped. Is like it, they, uh, are they really what? serious about all of this saying or is it a little bit of the wwe like showmanship going no on? this is real this is real okay they don't have to be the wwe because it's literally real life they don't have to make it up it's better than things it's better than a script you could write that's why their esports still has 20 sponsors the funniest comment I read this week was like, oh, yeah, man, like, um, yeah, I don't think the Overwatch League is going to get any sponsors back until Bobby Kodak leaves. Some motherfucker doesn't realize that our sister league, the Call of Duty League, is also an Activision Blizzard product where Bobby Kodak sits as the, pres the president CEO. Like, <laughs> come on, fellas. These people, I can't believe these people. Oh, my God. Brother, just look at the other eSport that's connected to our, like, parent company. Yeah. And the fact that they have like all these different sponsors, their viewership's only slightly better than ours, and they have all these sponsors. Yeah, I don't think that was a difference maker, fella. I don't think that was a difference maker at all. No. Just putting it out there. No, but I do enjoy I do enjoy the clarity <laughs> of uh of, of all the stuff that went down in the CDL. And it's like it's all pretty it's all kind of petty as well, which is like fine. Because there's nothing like super major. It's all like reasonably petty, like player beef, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy that. Um, whereas like, yeah, 
Whereas we have player beef in the Overwatch League, just that no one knows about it. Hmm? Ice emoji? <laughs> <laughs> the closest we had, like, publicly was Crimson Decay, and even that, like, they got squashed mega quickly. You know? Yeah, it's, it's kinda... a little harder when, like, it's a little harder when one of them doesn't speak the other one's language, right? So it's like, they can't really go at it. Yeah. Um, but, I yeah, think it's, like, it's that... slowly coming, right? We're slowly like it's not real maybe some beef, of the AT guys shit talking. maybe some of the AT maybe some of the AT guys could get into it. Yeah, I think I it, the first stage is to start shit talking, and then for someone to catch feelings and like take it too seriously, and that's yeah. where we strike. Dude, that could have been Hardy and Gator. That could have been Hardy. So yes. close, man. Yes. Ah, come on, guys. Sadly, we do have to amp it up a little bit, WWE style. We, you know, we are the we're the WWE fake esport here, apparently. So, you know, we have to kind of fake it a little bit, fake it to make it. Make I think, some drama. I think the end game is to have these two guys box. That's how it works now, right? I joked, didn't I joke about that? It's like, yeah, man, you know, um, Gator and Hardy having their yeah. It was Atlanta. It was the Atlanta versus london match during mid-season madness on broadcast i said like yeah you know we'll get in hardy uh the, hardy's going to be out of this of this map now so you know again hardy will have the charity boxing match behind the scenes live in hawaii pay-per-view of course so yeah yeah the cdl comparison would be the decay crimson drama except instead of it turning into like nothing they both hop on a podcast together and fucking hash it and go at each other on the podcast live that's content <laughs> Yeah. And that literally just happened in the CDL, like within the last seventy-two hours between um, Crim Six and Hydra. Yeah. No, like I, I feel like it's also there. There is a lot of behind-the-scenes drama between players, of course, as well. Um, but it, it always feels like in the Overwatch League, it never gets this serious, you know. Uh, or never is is wrong. Actually, that uh, let me not say this, but. I feel like especially if you're a teammate with someone, it's almost assumed that there's going to be a level of friction in order to, mm -hmm. you know, get for. Uh, I mean, get ahead. It's just very well hidden in the Overwatch League. I mean, we've we've literally had some yeah. <coughs> altercations, fellas, uh, that people have n never known about. Maybe we'll never know about just because it's that kind of stuff has never been. Never come to light. Probably shouldn't ever come. I'm baiting a little bit here, or am I? Uh, maybe I'm. Uh, you know, maybe I'm just trying to. I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna backpedal on that a little bit. Or maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe maybe players really did get into something. You'll never find out. And I'm gonna be an annoying motherfucker and just do that because it's not really my story to tell. But I'm glad I've heard about it. You just <laughs> want to moderate the eventual uh, episode. I will be the boxing referee. I'm gonna be the boxing referee <laughs> when whatever two players will finally want to go at it. In the car park, obviously, we're going to spray paint a square and two players, uh, bare knuckle because we can't afford the, the the gloves. And I'm going to be in the middle of that. Hopefully, you know, the, by the time I finally get to land, I can referee this this uh, this celebrity Overwatch League player beef boxing match. That's I, I want to do. I feel like you could do everything. You know, you could be the Michael Buffer. You could be announcing them. Then you... Uh, true, true. Yeah, oh, then, I'll, I'll commentate while refereeing at the same time. And you could also be the numbers guy. Oh hell yes! <laughs> I'll do it all. I will do. I will set it up, and I will take at least fifty percent of the pay per view. Just me. Nice. Because I'm because I'm doing most. You of the would work. also deserve it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
no, our drama is unfortunately a lot more at the uh, the the macro level, the high level. Wait a minute, I think I'll, I think Dash, you just got dropped as well. Hang on. Um, compared to the CDL stuff, which seems to all be like really oh shit, they did. Holy shit, they lost. Dude, Dashie is like an MVP. People getting annoyed that I'm talking about Call of Duty League, but like, guys, you know, gotta be gotta be following the successful esports okay, out there. Okay, give you know us give us a an, an analogy. Like, what was has Chengdu just dropped Leaf by comparison, or Chengdu just dropped? No, this is more like. Like in a way, yeah, this year maybe. And this year, like a like a team. No, I don't know. This would be like this would be like a um. This would be like Atlanta dropping Orc. Okay, like a pretty integral player that like like a team that is like pretty fucking competitive, but mm-hmm. not like the best team, right? Like a very competitive team that's not the number one team. Mm-hmm. Where it just dropped like probably like one of their most integral players so like last year if glads had dropped kefsta or something like that uh like <laughs> kind of like actually it's not that different from atlanta dropping pelican in the offseason last year okay i would probably equate it to that okay fair um your overwatch says amazes me that no one in our can suggest common sense solutions to meta breaking new content forget hero bands draft to save all jungle queen until she is balanced this view, they must grind through a horrible format for an entire tournament. It's silly. Other games make tough decisions. And we're not even going to discuss that. So, let's get into it. <laughs> Episode 257, brought to you by Avril Vista Baby, Battlecraft, Refine Bean, Bronzebot Buhau, Chari, Prophet Picasso, Chris R34444, Cash67, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rick Zane, all of our smooth nuts, your misery with YouTube members, I, Sam Jelly, William Jesse, Vishman, Fileman6, AK, and Chris R. I'm planning on just being annoying today because I'm in a weird mood <laughs> uh, where I, I don't know I don't know what the future of the league is uh, in the long distance. I uh, I saw that Valorant has a six-year plan minimum for VCT. I'm like, shit, dude. I don't know what that feels like. Six years. Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> dude, like, uh, who has dude, a six-year? Six years year? feels pretty do you, good. Do you have a six-year life plan? Does anyone here have a six-year life plan? No, Eric, you don't count. My six-year, my six-year life plan is hopefully I'm still alive. And you think that's, I'm joking <laughs> and trying to be morbid, but I'm not even. I'm actually legitimately serious. I'm actually I mean, legitimately serious. I mean, I, we because, we um, we witnessed your I'd, McDonald's consumption. Yeah, I don't know because, like, you know, I've I've problems, I've, I've mental answer, issues. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm depressed most days of the week. I hope I make it. I hope I make it to six years. So yeah, of course. Hopefully, that's that's when we're back to the big arenas. You know, that'll keep me going. I need a light at the end of the tunnel to keep me going to like something for me to strive towards. <clears throat> you know, yeah, I think you need to get that off that dark so, island. Speaking of uh, things that make you depressed, let's talk about the Jacob Wolf report. Actually, it's like it's a. Let's talk about my relationship to this report as well. Because there was a little bit of back and forth mm-hmm. that went on here. Mm-hmm. So here's the backstory. Iced, who is a former, might have even been AT player, uh, former Odyssey AT Altera Dark Mode Maryville player, uh, current content creator, 
Actually, he might still be playing. Actually, I think he did play. I actually did play an Odyssey recently. Anyway, posted something on his Twitter that says, I'm just going to read it out. Here we go. First, I have to find it. For everyone confused why everything is happening now, seemingly all at once, it's because there was an Odin's meeting between our teams and the league and everything happening now is a reaction to that meeting. Okay, I think I worded this in a confusing way for some people. It was meeting between owners and shareholders of the teams, not like players or coaches. It was not like a meeting with the whole league. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, it absolutely was not a meeting of the whole league. Anyway, um, so there was an owners meeting that happened recently. What was the uh, the date? I have tenth, to look at the wolf. The 10th. 10th. August the 10th. And... Um, the unique thing that happened during this Odin's meeting, as reported by Jacob Wolf, is that Bobby Kotick was present and leading the meeting. Um, and they discussed the financial stuff. No one, no one actually really re like has solid has a solid report on what exactly went down in the meeting. Um, my relationship to this entire discussion is that I responded to Ice and like it actually wasn't a response to Ice. I actually made it clear in my specific tweets. Uh, quote, quote, retweeting him that it wasn't specifically me calling him out as much as I was trying to just say to the general Overwatch audience like, hey, the mass hysteria is a little bit unfounded here, given that I am fully aware and am in solidarity with the fact that the meeting did happen. No one is denying that there was a meeting. There's some people that seem to be confused, like, oh, but Avril and Custer said there was no meeting. Nope, no one said that. I have fully admitted check my fucking Twitter it's there I I know there was a meeting there was a meeting we are all aware there was a meeting no yeah. one actually fucking knows what happened to me I don't know what happened in the meeting mm, yeah but I know what I know what didn't happen in the meeting um and my entire argument my entire position on this whole debacle is that there seems to be a lot of people where because how the timing of all happening and the re the report and the ice tweet and then the you know the players being dropped and all this kind of stuff all happening together, and uh, this is where you do have to see ice take a little bit of uh, responsibility as well, where he specifically said like, oh yeah, it's all happening. For everyone confused why it's all happening now, it's because there was an onus meeting. It's like I don't know that those two things yeah. are completely correlated, because as far as I'm aware, if you look at the actual timelines, they're not correlated. Like. Just because they both happen within a certain time frame of each other doesn't mean this is exactly like, you know, uh, this is the causation. It's like it's like the people who who were convinced that like, oh yeah, well Paris lost to Vancouver, so the entire Paris or dropped their players because they lost to Vancouver. It's like or they've been working on the roster moves for fucking ages. It, you think you think Paris can drop their entire team and then pick up four new players like overnight? Excuse me? Yeah. You fucking dumb? I can also tell you like my investigation of the uh, justice situation started before the onus meeting. Yep. This shit was already underway. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's not connected. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that they didn't discuss financial details. Of, of course, they would have talked yes. about that, because that's, that's always part of the onus meeting. They always talk about financial. Especially it's if like Bobby Kotick is topic. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm not saying they didn't talk about financials there. Uh, yeah, they probably did talk about the fact that, you know, like, oh, you know... Mark Ein's probably in that meeting saying like, yeah, this shit ain't worth it for me. I'm going to cut costs. And Bobby's like, fucking fair enough. And they're, they, they're talking out the financials. Like, that all probably went down. Probably. I, I wasn't in the room. They probably went down. But the difference is, 
people acting like the teams walked out of that meeting and decided to fucking shed weight. It's like, no, they were already doing that before the meeting. Yeah. The meeting isn't the fucking cause. They were already doing that before the meeting. That's what we're all saying. Yeah, no, the, the roster trading deadline. Um, I mean, those, those, those emails went out. Like they, that deadline was not something that was predetermined as my understanding goes, and this could be wrong. Okay, so grain of salt. But I think this is a more recent setting than like the start of the season. I wasn't, I personally wasn't aware of a roster deadline being set at the start of the season. I think emails recently went out as to define what that entailed. So um, this is much more likely because keep in mind, if you currently are sitting on an asset that you want to sell for a buyout, this is your last chance, right? Like, after the deadline, the the value your players still have, you could, you could sell them, but they couldn't play, and therefore, like, the buyout would have to tank, right? Like, necessarily. So this is much more likely to facilitate the current situation. Also keep in mind, like, some people had some time to think during the break, um, a lot of the deals, like you, you then you have the break, you start sourcing the market for viable replacements for your current strategy or for alternative strategies, and then you execute. It takes a while, right? Um, and I think that is much more likely to have facilitated this. Now, I think not to open the absolute can of worms and one thing that I realized is, is sometimes, like, I, I still, okay, let me, let me talk to the cloud goblins directly. You can still get the full, the same amount of social credit by just saying there has been an owners meeting. You don't need to connect the dots. You don't need to share half-truths. You can just, like, take a smaller bite, and because everyone wants to find out secret stuff, that gives you the same benefit and you actually also get to be correct right so the thing that i also want to do is like if i get information i don't need the absolute full picture uh in the article of course i should have an idea because like i don't want to do damage i want to understand how the things work if i am not 100 percent on a fact i'll probably just drop that part from the story and only put this stuff in that I know for sure is happening. And I'm still getting the same amount of attention, same amount of social credit or whatever, right? Like, I, I don't know. I'm mostly speaking to the people um, and trying to find out what, why they're doing what they're doing, right? And I think that's, that's probably uh, the driving force there. I mean, for, to, to a certain degree, it would be, you know, a lie if I didn't say that it's also true for me. So I think it's it's just fair for us to take smaller bites uh, of the things that we know for sure, and then the rest just infer. Like we're all yeah. making the pattern recognition inferences anyway, right? Like we can do that ourselves, but it it gets dangerous when when we, you know, say too much. Yeah, I mean, there's a uh, things are a secret for a reason for the most part. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to really... There's nothing to... I mean... 
My only other issue is people making up shit that they think happened in this meme that absolutely did not happen. Stuff like, oh, the Overwatch, Overwatch's release must be delayed. It's like, where did you get that from? Yeah, like, that's a weird one. Who said that? Who the fuck said that? Like, sources, please? Never, I've never fucking heard that. Yeah. Um. Nope. <laughs> the amount of people working on Overwatch right now... I got a glimpse recently. I got a glimpse into like how how many how much staff, how many like developers are currently on the Overwatch 2 project. It's a fucking massive. There's like a shitload of people on the Overwatch 2 project. I'd be surprised if they didn't make the deadline because they are they are heavily committed to what towards it. They've literally made sales at this point through the Watchpoint pack, um, specifically towards a specific release date. I don't know. There's there's too much going on and too much stake at launching that. I'm I'm convinced at this point, even if they did make a fuck up and something went wrong, they would sooner just release it with that thing wrong, unless it's like too major to, like it would have to be game breaking for them mm. to 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 delay. Otherwise, if it's like anything that's not game breaking and it's just like, ah, oh, whatever, we'll fix it on a day one or day two patch. Like you know, they'll they'll release it on October the fourth, no matter what, unless it's like legitimately game breaking. People can't play the game. So yeah, and no, I don't mean Junker Queen is still broken. Stop your crying. But we're <laughs> going to talk about Junker. We will talk about Junker Queen at some stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, I mean, it's 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 nice to still have people care enough to, you know, connect the dots that way. But, like, yeah. I mean, some sometimes it's just headcanon. And unfortunately, like... Yes. It's also just human nature that through, like, you know, once you squeeze an idea... Through five mm -hmm. brains, whatever comes out at the at the end of it is irrecognizable of what oh, the yeah. actual thing is, right? So mm -hmm. telephone telephone game. Yeah, it's yeah. like I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the source of like Overwatch Two is delayed is a Reddit comment of a guy saying like I could see this to mean. Yes. Yes. So the most the, the cardinal sin of a place like Reddit. Is that people will take a comment from another redditor, just a random Joe, not not well, not you Joe, you're but just a, like a random. You're not a random Joe. You're you're a very finite, known quantity Joe. Whereas the random Joes, they're random. They're by nature RNG. And what I mean by sure. that is yeah, yeah. they're not they're not credible people. Uh, My fellow I think, NPCs. I think you are credible. Um, oh, of the means. of of the NPCs of like. The extras on set, I think you're at minimum like a featured extra. Let's go! Re like, we're a I, reoccurring I would, I've been hired as a featured extra before. That shit pays. <laughs> so that, that ain't all bad. That ain't all bad. Sure, yeah. Um, my point is, the cardinal sin of a place like Reddit is that a, a random average show, just some Timmy online, will just throw out a take, no basis, no sources, nothing, from a random person, and then another Redditor will, will read that take and just believe it outright. Just flat out believe it. And then it no, goes, like, like, like zero critical thought behind. Like maybe this is not real. No, they just straight up believe it, <laughs> and then they just spread it, and they say it again to the next person. But each time it's each time somebody spreads it, they spread it with more and more confidence. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's un <coughs> unlucky. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Um, I think that the the problem is for me when people with a platform engage in that and it always feels yes. a Wild little bit speculation on a not healthy mm. level is never good yeah at least halo apologizes 
Yeah. Redditors don't do that. Yep. I mean, uh, <laughs> they, they just say shit and then say, well, we're just plebs and wash their hands, you know? Uh, what do we know? Uh, <laughs> lol, just a player. Uh, so, yeah. Well, not, uh, but by the way, I, and I, I, I'll backtrack something. Yeah, I'll, I'll apologize for something. I, I'm going to apologize for my comment about it being a nothing burger. I don't, when I say it's a nothing burger, I'm trying to downplay a little bit, to be fair. Yeah. What I'm really trying to say there is that my, again, you have to understand my position is that I am disconnecting the meeting mm -hmm. from the part where teams are shelling their rosters because that already started. That was yeah. already happening regardless. Of, if the meeting didn't fucking take place at all, the shit Just would still happen. be happening. That's what I'm trying to say. So that everything I'm saying, including the nothing bird comment, is in relation to that. Yeah. But what I'm actually, but like to, to, to backpedal a little bit and just kind of rewrite that statement. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a man about it. I'm not even going to delete the tweet. I'm going to leave it up there because I'm going to own up to it. Um, yeah, the content of the meeting, probably not positive. It's probably, it's definitely not a good meeting. I don't think people walked out of the meeting with fucking smiles. Yeah. Um, so, but that also doesn't mean the sky is falling. It just reinforces what we already know. Like, I, yes, the financials don't look good. Yeah, we all fucking knew that. We've known that for like three, four years now. Like, Yep. That's not news. Like, uh, if, if you're freaking out about that right now, where have you been? Like, everyone else has had their freak out about that already. Yep. You're late to the party on that freak out. Like, you are so late to the party. That's, like that's all the news, year. guys. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not a good thing. I think um, I think we can all come to an agreement there. I think that there is a. I saw Jacob Wolf actually tweet something that I agreed with recently, um, just talking about esports as a whole, where I think mm -hmm. we need to have like a sobering look. That doesn't mean esports dying. That doesn't mean that uh, competitive Market gaming correction. for money. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're staring in the face of a correction in the middle of a recession, mm -hmm. and you know we're we're seeing uh an exasperated take on that because of some uh extracurriculars that uh, our company or developer has gotten into don't like that it's not a good thing don't condone it um and yeah it's not a good thing but i think so i take I'll, I'll give i'll give you this hopium i think yep. by playoffs i think we'll probably have a sponsor back if i had to guess a play like yeah that's not a uncommon thing yeah uh lots of esports have specific playoffs Sponsors mm -hmm. only for playoffs. Yep. But I think and it's like, like in, in, in correlation with like the hype around Overwatch 2, maybe marketing spins yeah. up. Like I'm just, I'm just saying for the people that are like, yeah. oh, <laughs> cope. <laughs> yeah, dumb. Which, uh, by the way, is, is the most like stupid response you can have. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's that, the new cringe. It's, it's like what it all, what it is like, you don't actually have a response. You don't have no. like a rebuttal. No. You're just like, you're just saying some buzzword because you think yes. it means something. Um, I'm not saying we will have a sponsor by playoffs, but if we did, it mm -hmm. wouldn't surprise me because I think like no. that that would be the time because it, it like you're right, it all lines up. So context, by the way, the game releases the gaming of which two releases October fourth, which is third week of Countdown Cup. Yeah. So not even playoffs yet. We're still in stage four. Releases middle of stage four, by the way. Mm. Not even the playoffs. So uh, I'm expecting a lot for the release. Yeah. And people, the, I, pe the people agree. saying like. Here's, let me inject some, like, real hopium, because there's a lot of fake hopium out there. Listen, yeah. I've been stockpiling my specific black source. label, top <laughs> shelf shit. There's some, I got, got some hard real, shit. I got some hard hopium here. That is, like, this is, like, this is elite 
many decades aged wine level mm-hmm. opium that is going to be delicious you are gonna fucking love this this is there's not some bullshit open this is real um uh eric i'll give you this link um some some legitimate opium e- es charts which uh so there's a stream charts the superior platform not es charts i uh, released a graphic and a statement recently that showed that um based on hours watch overwatch league was the fourth most watched channel in july i think that's pretty cool that's above tim the tap man um and that is ahead of the call of duty league uh and I don't see any other esports on there because I guess um, they're not specific to YouTube gaming. But yeah. in any case, it's it's Damn. a pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It just kind of shows like it just kind of shows like you know it's, um yeah our concurrent viewership isn't amazing. We don't we don't yes. hit 100k. I think the last time we hit 100k was during kickoff clash. Yep. Um and as normally as it normally does happen throughout the year we would dip in viewership until the playoffs in which we're going to come up against. So we have a big trough. We start high stage one day week one we start high. We start dipping, then we come back for playoffs. Um, like, yeah, this is this is this is some like legitimate hopium, and I'm not saying like this is enough to get all the sponsors back. I'm yes, not saying that this you. makes us a tier one export. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that it's like it's not all doom and gloom. Um, and beyond that as well, I know that our current player numbers, our current you know monthly active users for Overwatch is pretty fucking competitive. You'd be surprised; mm. it, it it actually competes with some quote-unquote popular games like some commonly agreed upon popular games out there overwatch in its present day quote-unquote dead state no current updates no new content just some remix skins yes that overwatch today still has competitive monthly active user player numbers compared to real living uh, games not even esports just games pretty competitive you wouldn't you wouldn't you probably find it hard to believe but you brother you have to consider First of all, we, we're on so many platforms. Console, mm-hmm. Switch. Right? Okay. You, that's, that's way more than a lot of other, other games. Not, not every game is played on Switch, console, and PC. Sure. And regularly popular and all. So combining everything together, like we have a humongous casual audience. Um, just as an aside to Overwatch League, this is not even talking about Overwatch League, it's just talking about Overwatch generally speaking. So I have a lot of faith that with the actual game coming out, our casual audience that that... I'm gonna be honest. These are not. These are the people that don't even go on Twitter to look at any other thing or no. watch. They don't go on Reddit. They will. These are people that are so casual. They won't even show up on Bnet forums. Yeah. Thank. Thankfully. Thank God. They know um, better. Uh, they don't care enough because they're that casual. They just want to. They just want to boot up a game and play. Of watch yeah. two will come out. They'll see it. That's free to play. They'll all fucking play it. And if they if they love it, they'll keep playing. Uh, otherwise, they'll be they'll play Fortnite or whatever else they want to play instead. But our numbers will grow. Our numbers are guaranteed to grow. The, I think the 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 projection from my perspective is that we're going to have a ma- massive boost on launch. It will it will go down expectedly because it has to. It has to it correct. Has to. It once it to. corrects, what is the number after it's had its quote unquote market correction as far as player numbers goes? Because if it stabilizes yeah. in a pretty reasonable place, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy with that. That's something you can sell to sponsors. That's something you can, you know, temper expectations with the franchise. Is that something to get us back on the track of like good health, um, uh, and make this a little bit more feasible? I think a lot of this is just a lot of like excitement to get into the league and a lot of money spent probably in the wrong directions, and now people are you know upset about it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. You, it sucks, but and you just like and you like. I still think the number one cause 
of a lack of interest in Overwatch League, and everyone wants to blame the league for this, but I, I blame the game because your league can only ever be as popular as your game. And when your game doesn't have interest and is not that popular, how the hell is your esport going to be popular? Right? Those things are directly linked. And they're not obviously there. I'm not saying the league is blameless. I'm just like, I'm just looking at other play, position, other, other, you know, perspectives of like what things affect the health of the league and the health of the game is a, is a vital cause. It's like a, that to me is like a number one on the chart, on the priority list. And obviously there needs to be a better time to get, you know, to get past the whole sponsorship loss thing and they can come back in and we need some positive news about the league at some point. Uh, some just positive news around the game is a good start because that will trickle down into the league. And then because the entire internet in 2022 is just trend-based. If, if something is trending up, generally people want to trend up with it. When something's trending down, everyone's just trending down with it. So, yeah, I mean, I think next year would be decent. Next year is not the test for me. It's 2024. Because I have no doubt that 2023 is going to be a good year. Because, right. you know, that's that's the pop-off year. I have high hopes for 2023. 2020, I think 2023 will go ham. 2024 is the year that I care about because that's the year that, that tells me like the plateau. is this a sustainable is yeah. this sustainable or not. Yeah. Because if it starts dipping year on year and year and year after that, then I'm like, we're just we're back down the same rabbit hole again. Yeah. But if we can stabilize and we can I don't even I don't even give a fuck about climbing, just stabilize. Mm -hmm. That's good enough for me. Yeah. I do you guys sure. have any gut feeling like comes out October 4th, we still have like a bunch of playoffs to go by that point. Like, will playoffs pop off, do you think? Or is that too early for yes. those new players to be converted to Overwatch <sighs> I think it depends on how they they implement anything. I think there's a lot of ways, some that we've discussed on the show, some that I've put out publicly that I think you can entice people. Know. Um, depends I mean, on I, the I got a good one. I got a good one. You your play you do a playoff skin and it's fucking poggers. Exactly. Yeah. It is. You make insane. a what are they? Mythic skins? What what's the new hype skin? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you I mean I would love that. I know I know those mythic skins are a lot of work though, so I don't this is sure. this, is, this sure. is like real hopeful talking now, but like if you have anything close to even I don't, doesn't even have to be mythic, just like a high tier legendary sure. skin yeah. for playoff specific, and mm -hmm. then obviously do the viewership rewards. Imagine. Then, yeah, I mean, just any incentive, just something where like players coming in, um, and then obviously marketing that within the client itself, mm -hmm. um, which is actually a really normal activity that all other games with esports do. Uh, but the Battle.net forums like to cry about that kind of stuff all the time. Um, but yeah, like I, I think there's. I'm not willing to give up on this shit yet because I know there's still another card to be played. Right? We haven't seen the fucking river. The game is not over. Haven't seen the river. To be yet. honest, I think our hand's not bad. I think we have a good hand. Yeah, and I think the hand well, I think we have good outs. It's not yeah. just a good hand. I don't I I'm not, you know. There are some good outs that the river can pull through. If you don't know if you don't know anything about poker, you're really confused by this right now, but it's, I don't know. Get educated. I can't help you there. You got to do that. You got to. You got to get educated on your own. Sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, we got a reasonable hand with some good outs, and uh, you know, the river could reveal yeah. some good shit for us. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying we're 100%. guaranteed to succeed, but I think 2023 is going to be a pop off year regardless. Yeah. But again, that's not the year I care about. I care about 2024 and beyond because that's what will tell me where the trend is going. For sure. Um, but yeah, I I think 
were, were due for like were due for a, a, a pretty major upswing. We're copping all the L's for now. Uh, my only hope is that when we when we're on our way for the upswing, people actually give it a proper chance and like aren't just still trying to shit on it because it's fun to shit on it. Which I probably I don't know. Asking a lot, but I, I'm sailing against the wind here a little bit because <laughs> I know I know people on the internet just like to fucking yes. Like, yes. what's the trend? Are we still is, is shitting on Overwatch still fun? Is that still the trend? Oh, am I still getting viewership for doing that? Mm. Oh, 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 uh, yeah, it's not funny. Oh, we're gonna swap around. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We're getting there. We're getting there. What's next? So, got some moves. Part of this, uh, the next thing on the docket is this entire owners meeting kind of dealio. True. Mixes in with the entire like budget financial discussion of which. Let me pull that up actually. Yeska wrote a, a big boy article. This he mm -hmm. put a lot of time into this one, so give it a look on GG Recon on Yeska's Twitter. You'll see it. Of the budget tier list. By the way, uh, you did you guys yep. appreciate our like slyness? Because like I was like, okay, I'm going to write a sh like a 1,500 word article explaining the methodology, like, telling you like where the weaknesses are, and like injecting some thoughts. And nobody's ever going to read it, and they're just nope. going to copy paste the budget tier list. Yes. Away from Damage. it. So what did I ask my graphics guy to do? Please to put the link into the no smart as fuck background. Yeah, so you smart. need to. You have to watermark it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In order for us to, to like have any chance to see any traffic yeah. from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in a weird way that was probably a downfall. Is you probably should have just written all this out, fucking image, because you know that's just getting copy pasted. I mean, then there's screenshotting. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's no good way around it. But regardless, th well, this is a very interesting piece. And if I if I go from team to team, then they, there's yeah. going to be a top comment. Too long, didn't read. San Francisco Shock one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you can't win. You can't win. <laughs> you really can't. I hate this shit. It's rough, but regardless, yeah. Toronto S class. Let's go. I'm tired so, of this fucking org. So let's let's. Yes, so you wrote the article. Yeah, you'll do us the honors of explaining. What is what? What is this article? Explain the article for us. Okay, so, um, I was like, we have a problem with judging performance from head coaches, uh, judging performance from teams. We had some principal cases where, for instance, last year, like people were almost tired of hearing like the eternal underperform, like, and then like this season, like, uh, London was doing well. Uh, against expectations and i think them doing well against expectations is actually the reason they're hyped not that they're doing it on a low budget because nobody had the idea of about the budget right so i was like really success is playing the hand you're dealt the best right like who uses the budget they are given the most efficiently Okay, of course, we have to create a baseline for viewers. So I was thinking about how can I get that information out and how can I get people to give me that information and feel secure in doing so. So the first thing I had to assure was uh, source anon uh, anonymity. I also think that people dislike giving me like solid numbers. So 
the the next best thing is to go down in granularity and say let's make it a tier list we all love tier lists and we still get some accuracy in so i asked i think every team in north america asked someone um and then I asked other people from other, you know, parts of the industry to also weigh in. And in, in the end, there were 12 uh, submissions. Okay. Then I, we aggregated it because I didn't give them uh, like an amount of uh, tiers that they should use. And we did the math, we aggregated them and put them into tiers. Now here's where where it gets interesting because some people were very open with me about their budgets, um, which allowed me to make much more accurate predictions about the tier, uh, what what that means in terms of like how much everyone uh, measured up. I will say another concession that I absolutely had to make, which you should also consider when looking at this, is I could not give you a number on what teams pay for their facilities. What I hope to uh, improve on the next ones is what benefits do t uh, players get? Because let's be honest, it is a very big difference to have your housing paid, to have a food stipend. Some teams have a $50 a day food stipend, right? Like you can buy Uber Eats for yourself for mm. 50 bucks Damn, a day for th some of them. That's like, that's like one meal on Uber Eats. That's pretty hot. So anyway, that, that, that changes the entire equation a little bit, right? There's something to be said about local tax rates. There's something to be said about like um, in terms of like the buyout because the buyout itself, it's, it's not just going to the team that you're buying a player from. I believe it's 25% of the buyout goes directly to the player, right? So... What I ended up having to make the concession here is what kind of player budget in terms of salary and buyout do we have? Why did I choose this? Well, because it's a metric that is pretty frequently discussed and I hear discussed. And also because a lot of teams, not all, think in these pools. Like a general manager generally, I think for most teams, is given a range of what they can allocate for resources, for buyouts and salaries. Some teams even have a separate pool of salaries and a separate pool of buyouts, right? Now, of course, as you will understand, this is not a great situation to judge some of them. So let's say if I was to judge the Soul Dynasty, they would presumably be lower in the budget tier list than they would have been in the year that they acquired gesture and profit because that buyout was fat. Correct? In the year after reporting that, of course, that buyout is no longer part of that budget because I have normalized it on year or whatever. So you would have to consider that in as well, right? Eventually, as I keep doing them, we will have a better understanding of where that money went and like teams that have superstars over several seasons, of course, don't have to buy, pay buyouts. That doesn't mean they haven't already paid for that some time ago, right? Mm. It's just a snapshot of the now. It's also a weakness. Now, um, in the end, I think we had 
six tiers. I, I had to debate a little bit because, um, I mean, the differences, as you can see them, um, like what substantiates a, 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 a considerable dis difference. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I, that's where I made a little bit of a judgment call. I would also generally say, if I was, with my informed opinion, if I was to do that tier list... I would probably shove a couple of teams around a little bit. Um, but I think the aggreg aggregate in, t in total still turned out to be pretty good. Like, nobody came out to me and said, like, okay, like you messed it up here big time, right? Right. Um, I actually went back because, like, I think a lot of uh, teams are also interested in seeing where others vote, vote them. And they were actually surprised that they weren't over or underrated heavily. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, in general, I think it's important to note that a team like the Paris Eternal, I think those were at 330k budget, are basically operating at a cost that you would have to pay in terms of buyout and salary for a top tier uh, talent, maybe even a little bit less. Like, I, I can tell you this. I think I've heard of a deal of 250k, 200k. So 250k sure. buyout, uh, 200k salary. Now, salary, right. the problem with me giving you that number is it's never this definitive. There are always contingencies like how many plays, like, you know, how they're in sports, there are sometimes like conditions where. If a player achieves certain things, then the buyout, mm -hmm. you know, post the, the, the submission or, or post the transfer changes once again, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's it's never it's a super exact science. There's also, like, things to consider in contracts, like, um, and that's not, you know, like, it, that's maybe not in that case, but I've heard about contracts in the past where yeah. a player came out and or had like streaming number contingencies in their contract like stream x amount of hours and you get more salary so once again uh it's more like an estimation of what is likely to be earned or in some cases the baseline in some like you got to look at the motivations of the people that are giving you those numbers i will also tell you some players were ridiculously overvalued in terms of what people thought they were yeah. getting based on the highest offer in the market being rejected and right. going to the next highest offer. And some of them were ridiculously different, right? Like mm -hmm. I heard of a player being advertised for 300K salary and everyone believing that it must have been in the ballpark number. And I went to the team and could confirm it was just 160. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of that type of stuff going on where you have to really do your due diligence and figure out like what is actually true right um i so i also think it it helps if there's a there's an incentive for people to clear up untrue rumors and they'll just tell you yeah i mean come on do you really think right. we're paying 300k here right mm -hmm. so yeah i think overall um i think some teams were also very hard to evaluate because one one thing I did was say, also please put 
contenders lineups in, in, into the evaluation because presumably you're also saving on buyouts. Like mm. T1 had no buyouts, right? Uh, maybe, maybe no, Fury's uh, contract expired. I'm pretty sure at the end of the season. So they didn't have to pay, pay about um, as per roster construction article or whatever. Um, but I think a team like the Shock is very hard to evaluate because A, yeah. I think that's the team that has is likely to be overrated in what uh, the, the people asked would assume they would have paid. But it's also mm -hmm. like I think there's there's probably something interesting with their monetization there because they really hyped O2 with the merch and whatnot, right? I assume that that has some monetary value, similar to how our streaming deals wasn't just like a lump sum cash, but like, you know, access to Google Sense service. So like a service type of thing. So like it, 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 there we get into the murky territory. I think like if I had to say with a confidence interval the shock is i'm less least confident that they are in the correct tier um i think the outlaws could be somewhere else the defined could higher be somewhere i mean i think that the outlaws could be higher i think the yeah. defined could maybe be lower san francisco could Obviously. be lower um and that's probably the yes and then of course uh, Brad came out and said, look, like we sold Pelican and yeah. based on the outline criteria in the article, it would put us in B tier, which is fair enough. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Just generated some interesting discussion. Uh, now you're going to have to do, right? you're going to, you're going to have to do an updated Taylor's now because uh, Washington, is, they're spinning <laughs> down, right? So you're going to move them down a little bit. Uh, yeah. The costs are going down. True. Yeah. For but sure. I, I think there's there's not like my biggest takeaway from all of this was that Washington weren't underperforming really that hard. People thought people for some reason thought Washington had an S tier budget when they didn't. True. Yeah. They did not. Like Yeah, okay. People like people like, yeah, but oh, but what about decay and happy? It's like cool. Mm -hmm. Now tell me how much opener is getting paid or Krillin's yeah. getting paid. Or Vigilante is getting paid. Uh, maybe Vigilante could be going for something. I don't know. But like, there's there's a lot of players in that. How much is Caligos getting paid? Like, mm, you're yeah. like basing people are basing their entire like inflated sense of how much how high Washington's budget is off of like two players. Yeah, I can tell. Like, unless unless the keg's being paid a million dollars. Yeah. No, their budget's not that high. Like I can tell you, or okay, I. I, if I had to guesstimate, and once again, this is highly speculative, I think probably only two players are above 100k, which is likely to be yeah on Washington, which is likely to be Happy and Decay. Is is my take? I don't even think Mac is at 100k. Maybe hmm. maybe now in the second season, but probably not before. Um, sure. but it could be wrong. Um, and then. Yeah, I like everyone else is probably just on a on a you know solid like not min salary necessarily maybe opener mm -hmm. uh, anyway close but like probably not too close and yeah that just shakes out I think I had them at eight hundred k with buyouts so 
that's still substantially less than the 1.2 mil that I have other teams pegged at the top, right? For sure. And I think you can maybe mark that as a success. It'd be interesting. Like you said, it's hard to evaluate, you know, some of the other uh, amenities that maybe this team is attracting them with. The, but it would be very interesting to see how they are courting these people in at such aggressive prices, let's say. The the biggest surprises, uh, at least from the public perspective, would would be that Vancouver are a lot higher than people probably would have thought. Mm-hmm. Because I think people, sure, were yeah. still, people were still, like, thinking it's Vancouver from last year, right? Mm-hmm. Or is this like, no, oh, bro, Shockwave got a bag, as did some other players. It's like, ish. how else can Vancouver get anybody on their team? It's like, you know, the reputation isn't getting people on the team, so they have to start paying for players if they want to get any sort of roster. And they did want to compete this year. They did want to get a... They did, clearly want a roster yes they failed but their intention was to get a reasonable roster i think their roster is reasonable, reasonable. to say the least yeah. um and maybe they'll start showing it now on this uh, in this stage um so yeah they are definitely underperforming their salary expectations everybody in that d tier which is just two teams london and florida heavily overperformed massively um yeah. the the budgets although i think we all knew that maybe florida could do that but london yeah. doing that is a welcome surprise Yes, um, 100%. Definitely a so, success story. Yeah, I mean... Still, though, when you look at the top, most of the teams at the top... Uh, most of them make sense. The good are the, are the teams that are at the top. Um, it's just like, okay, Toronto are underperforming based on their budget. However, they hopefully will make a bit of a comeback this stage. They're already on 2-0. I, I, I don't think yeah. it's that... I don't think it's that um, yeah. crazy thing that order that uh, this the Toronto Defiant team can still make a bit of a push. Yeah, yeah. I think that team definitely came into the off season and really wanted to create a top tier team, and then certain factors just didn't work in their favor. Um, and we'll <laughs> see. I mean, there's there's still two days in the off season uh, in the trade season left, and then. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna get anyone from contenders, you, want, you could also do. <laughs> True. Yeah. Do you want to explain a little bit, if you know that is, why I have some speculation, why there's a specific trade deadline happening on August eighteenth? So, which is by the time recording today or tomorrow. My assumption is that they probably would just want to uh, protect from the decay uh, situation that we had with Washington a couple of two seasons ago. Where a twenty, I believe, yeah. like in in the eleventh hour of the season, a team could come together and form a super team of sorts. Also, at relatively low investment theoretically, because you don't have to pay the player yeah. much longer. Of course, like whatever buyout you have to, you know, pay whatever mm-hmm. um, would be probably significant. But yeah, like you don't want to be in a position. Also, I mean, nobody at the league will probably ever give me that. Uh, comments or do mm. as much but also I think it's doing it this early is probably not super smart from just like what the rock is that is being caused here keep in mind you probably could have anticipated that something like those blow ups might happen 
and that a lot of very good players might become available to the market and that you might mm. not want to increase the probability of this happening and therefore like just creating like unreal super teams at the very end right like yeah and i yeah. will still tell you the the potential for unreal super teams <laughs> is still out it's there very real i think like yeah. if if happy was going to be traded i think that's a season uh changing that's a booster yeah. for so om almost every team at the top level mm. so i guess the point is like you know they we we do need a trade deadline to happen like, it has to happen. We are required to have a trade done. We can argue when that should be. Should it be August the 18th? Should it be earlier? Should it be later? That, that can be a reasonable argument. Obviously, it has to happen before... Well, 100% before playoffs, but here it's happening even in the middle of Summer Showdown. You could say that maybe you could play all the Stage 3 and still be okay and, and then only have the trade deadline after Stage 3 in between Stage 3 and 4 is maybe an argument to make. But we do have to have a deadline at some point so that we can avoid having a bit of a mickey mouse end of year situation where you know yeah teams do major shuffling based on like you know oh this team's been eliminated and they can't go into playoffs <laughs> but they have a fucking superstar crazy team. team oh yeah let's just uh yeah. let's just pick up that guy like no that that's that just fucks shit up so also because yeah, we are uh, so forgiving right like imagine sneaking in in 10th place dropping a, a fad bag onto the end of the yeah. season and winning the season based on that that would be you have a little vulture. Woo. That would be especially uh, if you agree to the idea that like teams, just, you know, there there's a lot of turmoil in teams. There's a lot of players that like do a lot of griping. Maybe you get dropped. Maybe you get picked up. Maybe you go on a Cinderella run and you maybe you win the league. Like that's you never also, want a vulture to win the league, right? It's also like if you're a team that is effectively out of qualification. Mm -hmm. You could just drop your star player. Like even yeah. just think about it. Like. If, if, um, like, Charge was not never going to do anything with their roster, and yeah. they play it out by probably like right around the end of stage three, they realize, okay, we're not going to be part of the Overwatch League play ins this year. Mm -hmm. They just sell Choice One to the highest bidder, make a fat bag, probably more than like they could be expected to make otherwise. Yeah. Like they basically win their own level Overwatch League in the trading market there, mm -hmm. and like just determine the season that way, and that's not a satisfying situation, right? Oh, definitely not. Definitely. I not. I still think we're a little early, because I feel like yes, I see the point that at this stage nobody's really out, mm -hmm. and. Soon we are going to have teams that are out or practically out. Yeah. But it's practically also at half, at mid season point, if you yeah. measure the length of the playoffs into that. So yep. we still have half a season to play, to and we now can only tra trade contenders players or players that don't have active PSAs by the deadline, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, yep. that's the uh, that's the situation. Caught up. Talent got to beat. Um. So given that Mag is as we're starting to move around now, uh, we need to actually talk about the the player movements. Uh, I was going to talk about Mag. Should we just start with Mag? 
Let's go. Sure. Let's just maybe start with that because we're talking about Washington a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first player so far to be traded off of Washington. Yeah. Uh, Mirror from Vancouver Titans had hinted on his stream, the clips are now deleted, that <laughs> he is already aware of several other players in Washington that are about to be traded. Yeah. Uh, whether he's baiting or not, who knows? But uh, he seems pretty confident. Maybe he's trolling. I feel like he knows. <laughs> Fingers um, crossed that they do, and they are like because that, we but, want those players to stay within the league. But yeah. it would, but it would obviously play into what Yiska's previous article about sure. Washington Justice was. Yes, owning that it's like it's slightly be- it's better than the situation that Yiska had written, which was that they were all just going to excuse me get dropped. But after the deadline, here it seems like at least part of the roster, some players will get traded to teams where they can still have careers. Right. And I think Boston made out here. I think, um, and we've mentioned this on the show before, but like hypothetically, even just looking at New York and like trading tanks, I think mag performs significantly better and is a more useful tool off the Washington justice for a number of reasons. Um, and I think Boston credit to them. They, they they always find value in the market. They, the, the Boston Bazaar is but, open for business again, and now they have somebody that, you know, came into this league with a lot of potential, and I think still has but, some. This is this is like the 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 tank player clown car of the boss of the Boston uprising yes, for the year. How is. many how many it tanks is. have they had now this year? Is this their fourth uh, tank? Four. Marvel, it's all punk. Marvel, it's all, yep. Mag. Then last year they had Gablesy as well. It's like yes, and um, you know, and Punk has kind of outlasted everybody. Uh-huh. So is this an, what's what, so a part of me is like great Mag gets to be on another team, but also part of me is like, who are you going to play, Mag or Punk? Because Punk is Punk has been the horse you've been riding on for a while now. He's a pretty pretty yeah. fucking dependable horse, given that too. Um, and he's been shown 100%. to be pretty reasonable on the junk wing, but then so is Mag. So what? What is the actual yeah. real situation now? The real situation could be that if we, God willing, ever escape this junk wing meta, <laughs> Boston actually have like a main tank yes. off tank split between Mag exactly. and Punk, which does make sense. But for now, who the fuck plagues? I would. I would suggest somebody's got to be benched. I would suggest Punk has probably had more scrim time with the team. They understand exactly like yeah, the idea he's, that Laurie he's, he's has. Had about like two to three years with a extra scrim time with the team. <laughs> like that's that's who I'd want to see continue to be played, unless Mag is like actually diffing kids, and you want to like shift gears. I think well, Punk's probably good. the safest bet. Mag did look he did look good. One hundred percent did. I think the safest bet is to have Punk, and then to also just have the insurance policy that if we ever go to a Ryan Winston, you know, centric, maybe even Arissa metagame, Mag does have some playtime on Arissa this season. Yeah. Um, they they could have even. They could have even. Uh, I know this would never happen, but just in my head canon, they could have even had Kalios sure. back on Boston. Yeah. <laughs> especially, sure, especially, yeah. Especially you know, the the man returns home. Especially given that uh, Huck isn't there anymore, so there's no one for him to beef with. Fair. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. A lot of hatchets being buried out in Boston. So again, happy to see Mag on a different team. I do think come next season, I think we're gonna we're gonna have to rewrite the the book on the book of Mag. I think we're gonna see a a bit of a renaissance from what should have been a rookie of the year shooting. Especially given last year there weren't that many mm-hmm. powerful candidates or a few. The Pelican was head and shoulders. Um, 
talk about the next player as we move through. We'll leave Paris for last. Piggy is off of the team of the Houston Outlaws. Didn't play a single game the stage so far out of Houston's two games. Yeah. Dante and Doug have both played at the stage. Piggy played extensively in Mid-Season Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want Yiska to come in for this one because there was commentary <laughs> made from... This was news to me. I only found out a couple of days or two ago. From mm. uh, Harsha, who's now no longer with Houston, but is still, I would say, pretty well connected with Houston. Harsha had come out uh, and said that this was actually Piggy's decision. This wasn't Piggy necessarily being dropped. He he, Piggy wanted to quit. It actually was his call. So, what's the deal with that? Hello. <laughs> uh, Hi. You you asked uh, about uh... the the harsher comment about Piggy. Right. Um. I think it's it might be the case that okay. So let's let's talk about what mutually agrees means in in some instances, right? In some sense instances it's PR speak, in some instances it's legitimate legal speak, mm-hmm. where this now communicates a contractual status for Piggy that helps him in the in the rest of the season in the market, right? So okay. How can a player get out of their contract? Okay, so the first one is, of course, like they can be traded and whatnot. Um, or there is a retirement mechanism within Overwatch League contracts where a player retires, therefore doesn't get any salary anymore. But if they were to unretire, they would then, like the, the host team would still hold the value of the contract so they then would have to pay a buyout. Okay? To mutually part ways means this has been nullified. Right, so it's not like Piggy retired here, and therefore, if he was wanted to play for another team again, he now has to have a buyout paid for him. They agreed to terminate the contract. Whether or not that means he gets a severance, I don't know. That it might be the case, it might not. Um, but bottom line is he he's eligible for the next season. Now, in terms of the motivations here. That's less clear, but I think what is important to point out here is whatever reason Piggy had to make that move, as I understand it, like it was Piggy's decision in the end mm-hmm. to uh, to look for his luck elsewhere. Now. Was it a smart decision? Given like if if that was to be true, is that a smart decision? It's a hard one to make. I will say, I was very surprised that D, he wasn't the one picking up Junker Queen. Like if you if you look at the how the season went for Piggy, I understand that it is probably like if you if you see a Doom meta, that a DPS mm-hmm. player picks takes on the Doom is less problematic for me. Okay? Sure. Like that was yeah. once a DPS hero and now your DPS player plays the DPS hero that's now a tank. That seems sensible to me. That mm. you cannot fill the main tank roles makes also sense to me, right? 
that you don't play the new hero, now I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel bad uh, saying this, but I think at some point you have to. I just don't think Piggy's all that good. I think he plays a mean Sigma. I think his Diva's probably pretty serviceable, but like that's not that's probably not enough. And I think this is like uh, rough. I think it's important to clear up that this is the one roster move that was not part of this whole like oh Watch League is dying and everyone's yeah. dropping everybody kind yeah. of dooming him going around. This was actually a player that actually just wanted to quit mm -hmm. for his own reasoning. Um for whatever it is. Yeah. And, and as far as I'm aware, he still wants to play. It's not like, oh, no, I don't want to be in the Overwatch League anymore. He still wants to play. I just don't just, even know where Just not on Houston. Just not on Houston. So, like, this is the I, one I hope move. he... I hope he finds a home in Contenders and, like, proves me wrong. Like, I hope uh, he, like, wins a championship and comes back and has a bang-up season, but I just... he There's no spot in the league for him the way that I see it right now. I just don't unless, unless Vancouver, like... But then again, they've they've actually committed to Mirror playing tank. Yeah, now, so it's like even then, I don't see it. Mm -hmm. uh, he is he 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 would be an unrestricted free agent though, right? He, there's no buyout, surely. Sure, but like, who wants him right now? Who wants to drop? 50 is that right, Yuska? Right do you do you think Piggy has a buyout or no? Is no, he restricted I, I, or unrestricted? I, I think he would not have a buyout. Unrestricted, then yeah. So is that's no pretty interesting. Pretty attractive. No, he's feasting for a thirty-day contract for sure. I guess he's got to get to fit another player on that bed. Mm, let's go. Like, um, is 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 Paris reaching out? Like, I I genuinely no, am at a loss for NA. which team. Paris is a full NA team. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Like, there's the not other, the other thing is, is is Piggy's like salaries in flux now because like another team could reach out, but it's like, hey, you want to play for fifty k? Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's could be a, a team might just throw that out there, just like shoot their shot. What do you got to lose? Uh like I, I don't know that like Piggy to Toronto is an upgrade. No. No, I think Hobbit's doing fine. Hobbit's doing a fine yeah, team. Exactly. I don't, I don't I don't make that move, personally. Yeah. I I don't know. I, he he might end up having to go to contenders. Uh I look across yeah, I look across the different teams, I'm like Maybe maybe if Soul are really desperate for an off tank play, but I think Smurf is good and Smurf covers yeah. it. I think you just maybe trust Smurf. York? Maybe, big maybe. I'm okay with that <sighs> at least. They don't need him now though. I think Kellen's fine. No, for the time being. Agreed. agreed. So if New York do it's make an insurance a move, policy, it'll be like for a future stage. Yeah, and that's only if we get out of the Jungle Queen. Big if. Yeah. So. No, I don't see I don't see any position for him to go in. Mm -hmm. uh, I legitimately don't, which is a bit sad. It sucks, yeah. But it do be how I like it is. That. Mm. Um best of luck, Piggy. Best of luck. He yeah. he he did he did make the call. I and I was skeptical. I was skeptical because the whole time I was like, bro, I think he just got dropped and this is PR. I think this whole sure, like, mutual yeah. thing is I think PR. that's a safe that, that was the position I was in for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, given that Harsha, who I respect a lot and I think has a lot of credibility, came out and said, like, no, Piggy chose to go. I was like, all right, well, I'll accept that. Mm -hmm. um, cool.
Let's talk about some people that didn't decide to go, but have really done. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Parisio Eternado. Uh, the Vegas Eternal. To be fair, they're building a full N18 for, yeah, for yeah. their Vegas position. Like, what is it? Actually, not kind of. Actually, not bad. I, in some ways, they're. I don't know. Actually, I don't want to read into. I was about to say maybe they're building for the next year, but I don't want to go too far. I, I think the way Paris has gone, you never fucking know. You never know. Yeah. So, big news. This is probably the this is the huge roster news because it was <laughs> four whole damn players gone. So at this yeah. stage now, the whole Paris squad that we started with at the start of 2022 is now no more, and we've got an entirely new Paris roster with six new people now. Yeah. Uh, so we just had the announcement of Dan, Vistola, Dredra, and Khan being dropped from the team, mm-hmm. and they've picked up three players from Odyssey and Crowey from I don't know from another team. Um, oh, sorry, or Wisp is that right? Wisp, yeah, boom, Wisp. done. Thank you. One of us watches Nintendo Zeno. I I have, so we have Wikipedia up. <laughs> Rack Attack, Luke Mino, Crowley, and Malfour, the new players. So yes. if you've actually watched Contenders NA, these are pretty familiar names. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Luke Mino, Rack Attack combo has been... They've been around. They've been Locked around the block. For a long so, time. And, and yeah. people, people, a lot of people ask, like, where's Luke Mino? How come he's not getting picked up? Boom, mm-hmm. picked up, finally. Yeah. Yeah. So congrats. Um, I went to Rack Attack stream recently and wished him good luck by the way as well also a word awarding be like hey keep your mentals in a in a, in a secure vault yeah. secure that shit secure your mentals for the rest of the season and it sucks because this this feels like a like very similar in feeling not in terms of execution but in feeling to like what happened with vancouver where it's like these guys are not set up for success like let's be honest like, this is tough to, like, dig yourselves out of this hole. Um, you have, what, a win? No wins? You, it's really? hard now, but I actually, yes. like, if you were to look at this roster mm-hmm. and in a vacuum and pretend yep. the league starts tomorrow, pretend we haven't yep. played any games, the league starts tomorrow. I think on paper this is an okay roster. Like you got some like heavy hitters from NA contenders. Okay, you don't have you don't have all the heavy hitters because you 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 missed about an OG ultraviolet. But I'm like, yeah, this is an okay team. Uh, I don't know. Maybe okay is not good enough, and maybe I'm just like, yeah. maybe like, oh yeah, that could be okay. I like, think it can be okay. I think eventually. I think if we're gonna if I can circle back to the poker analogy for just a moment. I think this team has like a couple of outs, but I don't know if that happens this season. I think there are some moves to be made, not in terms just of like the players to sign and acquire. By the way, by the way, can uh-huh. I? Oh, sorry. Did you, did you have more there? I didn't want to cut you off. No, just like trying to like just just wrap it up. I think that there are moves for Paris to make for next season yep. to like make this team actually like kind of competitive. Um, I I. I, I don't think that just because you have a low budget means that you can't ever find success. I think this is a team that has some some London in them eventually. I'll say that. This is how I know, by the way, that no one no one has a fucking clue about how coaching works because mm-hmm. everyone's gunning after J Mac's head currently. Whereas J Mac was like the darling coach of the yes, community yeah. like a fucking year ago. Yeah. And you wrote some you, papers, guys. Don't worry. You know, you know all. You know the only thing that's changed since then, 
Paris started losing and they they, they stopped winning. That was it. Mm-hmm. So once again, we come back to the age-old tried and true, except it's commonly not actually true. Uh, it's not entirely false either. I don't want to say it's like always bullshit, but it's mm-hmm. not always as cut and clear as, as black and white binary as like a one or zero here. But essentially, yeah. the the fan narrative once again goes back to team good equals coach good. Team bad equals coach bad. That's what it always comes down to. So once again, we've proven as a community that no one knows a fucking thing about coaching at all. No one knows anything about coaching. Not a clue. Not a single fucking clue about coaching. Yeah, if it's if it's just results, and I can't blame you if that's all you have to just like base off of, but to make like ironclad, like oh, good coach, one in contenders, not always necessarily the case, right? Um, if your yeah. if your analysis for what what co- how good coaching is is team win equals coach good and team loses coach bad, yeah, you don't know anything about coaching. Yeah, and to which people are like, yo, why, why is that not good enough? Like, surely that's it's like, bro. A coach can get fucking carried by a good team doing minimal. And at the same time, a coach could be like coaching out of his fucking mind and doing everything, but the team is just failing. Right? Yeah. So the so team win equals coach good, team losing coach bad does not fucking check out. Sorry. That just this simply doesn't check. Uh, yep. Also, like there's something to be said about like a coach matching the style of the team. And that's the, specifically true ah. when the coach didn't build the team. Correct. You know, like if you come in yes. and you're now, now it's less so the case in Overwatch League, but definitely was the case in like season three. If you come into one of those teams where your players are like on ridiculous salaries for, on two plus ones, and <laughs> now you yeah. like you have like three three dollars left to build the rest of your team, like you cannot say evaluate uh, the the performance of those coaches with the limited mm-hmm. availability of them com- customizing the roster because once again yeah. a ton of being successful in the Overwatch League e- uh, or as a coach is building the right roster right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think that that also makes it very also, int- important yeah yeah even if you are a great coach even if your on-paper squad is fun, you got all the superstars, you got all the fucking people that are good at the game, yeah. in theory, and on an individual level, but you put them together and it just doesn't work. You put Ooh, them together and the ace. players just, they beef against each other. So true. They fucking have infighting or like they mm, don't respect mm. each other or like they just fucking, I don't know, maybe they're divas, maybe like, maybe, maybe um, they're in a foreign place and they're not used to it and they don't like it and they're homesick or... Maybe mm-hmm. if they're mental issues, maybe they're boomed, and you know, maybe they're, they're all so many things can happen that can fuck your team yep. extremely hard. That's got nothing to do with the quality of coaching. <laughs> I wish, I wish my filter was not as strong. I, I love the analogy that you propose, or at least like the the hypotheticals that you could, you know, dance about with. Um, but I'll say this: I think that Overwatch teams in general. Um, uh, participate in adult activities and I would just advise them to use protection. You know, uh, there's a lot of fucking going on and I think sure. uh, there's an under-evaluation of protection so being used. I did have a point that I was going to get to and here's, here's sure. uh, the final topic of drama before we move on to yeah. Overwatch talk. Um, 
It's like Ty Dollar also just recently got announced to be dropped from the Washington Justice. And uh, yeah. at this stage, you can be sure that... I don't have confirmation, but you can pretty, be pretty damn sure that Supreme has gone too. Uh, Free has already deleted his Twitter. He's already removed all Washington shit from his stuff. I'm mm-hmm. assuming he's gone. I, I want to talk about Washington stuff. Like, you know, this is going to be me coming in neutral and objective. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not here to shit on... Any of their coaches, especially Supreme, I'm, the, I'm not going to shit on him, but nor, nor am I going to defend him too hard either. I'm just going to look at it from both perspectives and be neutral about this. Because I feel like a lot of people are not being neutral. Because uh, I feel like, you know, again, the, the Reddit analysis yeah. is, team losing? Change the coach. Change coach the coach. Yeah. If team losing, then coach definitely bad. Uh, or maybe there were other problems, but, uh, you know, people don't want to use their brains on that. So here's the thing. Of, of which, by the way, the, the next thing, the, the, the commenter will write is like, yeah, but then the mm. coach should just fix it. So oh, like, if it were only that easy. Love these, that one. These motherfuckers aren't... What, what do you think coaches do? What do you think their job yeah. is? These people aren't like psychologists. Mm. These people mm. aren't like fucking marriage counselors. Oh, if, the, if players are not happy, the coaches should just fix it. Oh, the, a good coach would fix it. Uh, should they? <laughs> do you know what good coaching is? Do you fucking know this shit? Holy fuck, some real oh, armchair man. analysis. I think some real armchair motherfuckers out there saying some shit. Things would be Please so much easier. You think that was easy, bro? If, if it were really that easy, we wouldn't have had the fucking... No. The, the, we wouldn't have had some of the altercations. You think, you think the K's on this team? Subtweeting. Yeah. Uh, you think it's that fucking easy, do you, huh? Armchair analysis? You think it's that easy? So, here's the thing. Here's what I understand about the people... On there, they're gone anyway. So this is the send off. This is the send off. Yes. Whether you like him or not, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Here's the send off. Here's here's what I do know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty, we'll start from Ty Dollar because he's he's the crux of the announcement here. Yeah, very well regarded coach from players that have worked with him, including on the Gladiators. He literally won the Gladiators last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only pers- personally from my own understanding of like people that I've talked to, yes. people have only really said good things about Ty Dollar. Uh, he's a sort, he's a well-respected sought after coach who's had a good history. This guy is this guy is someone that I think is a good coach based on like actual anecdotes from people that have worked with him. Right. Right. So this is not this is this is about as far away from team winning good coach, team losing yeah. bad co- as you can get. This is as far away from that as you can get. Because I'm not using it. I don't give a fuck about res- the, the results. I'm only talking, I'm only talking from a perspective. Mm-hmm. Of like what is his reputation among people that he's worked with, which is good, good reputation. Now, let's move on a little bit further. Okay, so what's Supreme doing in here? Because he's 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 been public enemy number one for the Washington Justice. He's just just justice people for for people outside looking in to the Washington Justice. Supreme has been like right, yeah. you know, public enemy. From my understanding, Supreme is a facilitator on the team. He's more like a Moon get a May style coach that is there to like facilitate, give you the fucking speech, make you feel good. He's not doing strategy for your team. He's not the strategic mind. He is like, I don't know. He's the motivator. He's the the figurehead guy. I don't know. Something like that. He's the O2 boss style. And this is the other thing. This is the biggest misconception. Oh, people should, you know, get O2 boss. Guy, get this guy. It's like, bro, these, yeah. if, maybe, maybe, but you are, you are getting another person that's a facilitator. And some teams do need that. I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on people. Like some some teams do need someone like this. 
because when we talk about like, oh, like you know, who's gonna fix your interpersonal problems? If you're if your job, if you are the type of coach who is a facilitator who's there to keep people happy and like move things along and be a figurehead that can give good speeches, then yeah, maybe you should be a little bit you should be the kind of person that can at least attempt to fix issues yeah. like that, interpersonal things. Because that should be your strength. Because if your if your strength isn't coaching the actual game, then your strength better be to fucking keep people in line. Or at least yeah. people keep people that are out of line back in line, put them back. But yeah, so he's not the one as far as I'm aware, he's not the one that's actually making like strategic calls. That's why you kind of have it in his case and in Moon's case as well. You are you are the guy in charge from a coaching perspective, but you are building a coaching staff, mm-hmm. right? You're getting your Jay Fields and Dong Su's, and in this case, your Thai Dollars and your um, Chihuahua. And by the way, Chihuahua is another respect, high, another player, same as Thai Dollar, yep. highly respected coach that you want to work with. Strategic coach knows his shit. Literally won with um um shit. What team was he on? O two blast. He won with O two blast, and um <clears throat> not that long ago, twenty twenty, in their in their in 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 the season they did one, and then as soon as he went, O two blast went to shit. This is a team with a proper pelican, by the way. Mm-hmm. Fucking lost their shit and just got annihilated as soon as Chua left. Um, and from what I hear, this guy's also the real deal. This guy's also good. So. Unless Supreme is coming in and they're just like saying, "No, no, 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 you, you assistant strategic coaches, you'll sit the fuck down. I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm the captain now, and I'm going to decide everything." And in some ways, like he has the power to do that. So unless he was sabotaging his own coaching stuff, I don't see him as being the guy, like fucking his team strategically. And the other thing people don't seem to understand, I think part of the part of where the Supreme hate came from this year was there was that I don't know if you guys remember that one game. Where Mag, oh yeah, got, yeah, no, Mag came in on map five on Lee Chung for Kalios, <laughs> and Kalios was winning, right? You guys remember yeah. this? Kalios yeah, was yeah. winning. They were who were they playing against? London, and then they I lost. Believe. London, they were playing against London. They mirrored the the rush. <clears throat> yeah, correct, correct. So here's what happened: they were playing against London. They went to map five. Kalios was just winning on map four. I can't even remember what it was, but we got a Lee Chung. Mm-hmm. Got a map five. Mag gets subbed in, and the entire. Watch fan community is like, oh my god, they're like fucking live their rage. Why, why would you sub Megan? Kellyos was winning, and it's like, guys, you understand how hero pools work? What is it that you think that Kellyos is going to play on Lee Jung Tower? This is a Reinhardt map, by the way. It's a Rhine map. What is it that you think Kellyos is doing? I, I, and I, and I, and I get it. People don't understand substitutions, they fundamentally do not get how substitutions from teams work why teams would make substitutions because it is the hero pools matter this year more for tags more than anything like most teams don't have a do-it-all tank they don't have a fucking smurf on their team because guess what sure. there's only one fucking smurf in the whole league so for every other team that doesn't have smurf you have to balance the shit between two players and it just so happens that when you go to Lee Jung Tower as map 5 it is a better map for Mag's hero pool than Kalios's hero pool straight up if I was the, on the coaching staff of the Washington, just I would have made the same fucking call. Unless there's an inherent belief that there is something that Kalios could do on that map, which would still get you the win, right? Because we're playing a game of percentages here. What will give you the high? Let's go back to the poker analogy. My <laughs> hand is whatever the fuck it is. I have two. I, I fucking I, I I don't know. I've 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 uh, I've two. 
I have two fours at the moment. I need that third four to pop up in the river. I'm playing for an out. You're playing for percentages here. You're playing for percentages. You're playing for Mag having like a 5% higher chance to win than Kalios on this map. But the likely result is you lose regardless. This, the unfortunate situations on that particular map, when when London go Hardy Ryan and they play, they get to play their Ryan, you either play Mag, who tries to play a Winston unsuccessfully into the Ryan or Doom. Maybe he could have just tried Doom. He or he can try the the Winston, he can try the Ryan and just see what happens. Obviously it went poorly. Or you can try and play Kalios, who's going to play Zarya or Sigma, or God forbid, a fucking Diva, which is going to get rolled. Yeah. Sigma gets rolled by Ryan. Zarya gets rolled by Ryan. That was proven very quickly in the kickoff clash, in case you didn't pay attention to Dallas's performance versus Gladiators. So what the fuck does Kalios do for you on that map? He doesn't do shit. That's why he got subbed out. This is how hero pools work. And everyone dogpiled on the coaching staff and Supreme or Washington Justice like, oh, Supreme must be so stupid. Why would you sub out Kalios? He was winning. You motherfuckers don't get how substitutions work straight up. So that's that's to me where like the majority of the dogpiling on Supreme. And I'm not saying he's a great coach. Again, yeah. I'm trying to come into this neutral. The, because everyone's so like negative, I have to try and bring it back up to neutral. Now that we are neutral, I can say that I don't think he was a great coach, but I don't think he was fucking dog shit either. Right? Am I allowed to say that? No, I think that's more than fair. I think um, no matter how you want to view like the name recognition on this team, I think there was um, some problems. And I think that I've, your your tone addresses those problems, I think, well enough. Um, I think my only statement on this is I would love to know who is in the decision making process the last three years. So 2020, 2021, 2022, um, because there are some choices that were made. There were some things that I feel like have been confirmed and never changed. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think the decision maker for this team, the roster builder for this team is uh, sub very suspect, I would say. I don't know well, who that is. I, maybe, I genuinely maybe maybe last year, but I'll say that this year's roster is not bad. I think in on paper. when you when you transparency, when you judge it with like onion skin to last year, uh, I don't think enough changed me personally. Do you think this year's roster is upgrade to last year? Is this year's roster an upgrade to last year? Let's see. I would say it is an upgrade. Uh, yeah. Um, but I don't know that we we're looking for upgrades. I think you need resolution if I had to, to dance around it. Because the other thing is, is like you can absolutely fumble on upgrading a team. I'm mean, looking at fucking Toronto. They've like, okay, I don't want to show on them too hard either. Because I think they're making a comeback. But <laughs> sure, like, sure. You can spend all the money and get all the fucking expensive players. Yes, uh, this is who, not a money it, issue. I think. Some of them, by the way, have overperformed expectations because everyone thought Finale was going to be shit and that guy sure, ended up popping sure. off. That guy ended up being great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so my, my point is like you can sometimes, and Yuska has spoken to this as well, like building a roster is sometimes about the RNG of lucking into metas as well. Because you are you are basically mm -hmm. building, you're building for flexibility in that you can you can try and solve meta problems with your available players, which is what a team like Glass can do because they have a larger roster and they have yes. great players on their specific positions. 
um, and they have the capability to run a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to solve that problem. Now, yep. for a team like Washington, I don't think you're expecting them to be as good as Gladius. Because when you when you re- when you realistically come back to it and you look at the expectations, this is not an S tier team that should be winning the league or winning a stage title. No, um, they probably should be beating London yes. most of the time. I think yep. we can agree on that. They probably should be playing at least to the mid table. Like they should be at least sixth, seventh place, and definitely not like ninth. Yeah. So they're only, I would say they're a few positions below, but when you consider that two teams have overperformed in Mayhem and London, Washington being one of the unlucky ones dropping down, it is what it is. Um and the last person I want to talk about on this team is Pre, who ended up getting a lot of fucking shit as well. He ended up being caught in the crossfire. Now it's by the way rare for a GM to get caught in the crossfire. Yeah. And because most GMs are just quiet, they don't say anything. Here's how you get caught in the crossfire. You'll notice this before <laughs> this as well, because uh you know, when Vancouver was shit in the bin, no one talked about Justin. And I'm not saying Justin is at fault, but, you know, people started, people look at Flubby and uh, Hugh, and no one even knew. Yeah. I, I, half the people probably didn't even know who Justin is, but didn't even know who, who the GM of Vancouver was. Mm. Um, yeah, because... No one <clears throat> knew. Yeah. Knew him, right? Like, yeah. this. Yes, that's the thing. Like, you, how many people... There's also, there's also another Texan GM. GM is. Who, who's... Who, Speaking who, of Houston how GMs, many people I don't know. know who the Houston GM is. Very few. So people. These days, yeah, very few. But maybe in seasons past, uh, I don't know. Maybe a little people, bit different. Most people don't even know who the GM of Shock is. They think Andrew sure. Miller's a GM. Sure. He's the yeah. owner. He's not very a fucking true. GM. There is a real yeah. GM in there that does a GM job. That's not Andy Miller. Most yeah. people can't name that person. Yeah, I couldn't. So, so how yeah. does this come back to pre? I mean, normally, yeah. Also, like just just as a as a mechanism, you. You make people not want to share with you. Mm-hmm. There has not been a more transparent general manager. Sure. Than let, let me, let, before you do that, before you do that, let me finish my point because it does lead right. into what you were saying. Right. And it's a very quick point, which is to say that most GMs never get in the line of fire because they never reveal themselves. They're like fucking shadow puppeteers. They're the Illuminati. They don't. No one knows who the fuck they are. Pre was one of the few in my mind open GMs who actually did the thing that fans want from GMs, which is to be open, talk about your fucking team, talk about the good and the bad, and just be someone that is like transparent and, and, and communicates. Because otherwise, what you get is invisible GMs that don't say shit. You don't even know who the fuck they are. You don't even know their names. You don't even, you don't even, you don't, you, you, you even think the wrong person. The case of most Shock fans and most people that look at Shock, they don't even know, they don't even know they have a GM because they think Andy Miller's a GM, which is not true. So, because Pre went out on a limb to try and be transparent and try and be open, which sometimes includes having to defend his staff because, you know, you, you, obviously he's going to know his staff better than the public does. That's just a given. Um, and he's going to know the real issues. Like, the, the, the public would be like, um, team lose equals coach bad, therefore fire supreme. Pre, why you know fire supreme is the average Redditor mentality. And then Pre's like, well, you know, we're working it out. Can't tell you all the problems here. You know, we don't want to air dirty laundry. As transparent as Pre was, man's not going to like fucking tank player reputations because, you know, he's he's gonna he's just going to try and do his job the best he can while, while telling what he can tell you. But unfortunately, having to hold what he can't tell you because there's going to be a lot of stuff that people can't say. And he got punished for being open because he put himself in the firing lines because he stepped out of the line, put his name into the spotlight, 
it was transparent. People fucking targeted him. People fucking went at him. And as you're about to say, Yiska, what this means is everyone's going to look at the situation and, and now, from now onwards, and you did this, community, you fucking did this, no GM is ever going to say shit again. No GM will ever communicate to you again. You're never going to know shit. You're not even going to know these GMs exist. There will be zero transparency. You will get no information. Because when the GMs do this, it's a lose-lose situation. They put themselves in the fucking firing line and their jobs come, become at stake. So they're never going to do it again. You did this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... If, if there was anyone ever, like, of those existing GMs thinking about doing that, no. And... You might remember the tweet thread that Pre had. He said, like, everyone's just out for themselves. Yeah. Because if you're not, you're getting rolled over. Like, that's unfortunately the... Like, th that's the thing. Like, as, as so few become public faces or want to, it all concentrates on the few that are known, right? Like, you have too few pe pressure points. Like, others could stand in solidarity and could, like, be the one... Like, every, if everyone had, like, a public-facing personality, then whatever happens generally would just be more distributed, the criticism, right? And, like... It's it's never been really that reasonable. I like in my mind, having known, for instance, that to me, the position that the defined are in on the in the current season with their spending is worse than the justice, right? Nobody ever like, went like 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 compare by comparison. Toronto are doing worse compared to budget than Washington are. Yes, is yes, what you're saying. Yes, not not based yeah. on season records because they are Toronto yeah. define is better, uh, especially after last week. But like, in terms of the budget and them just squeaking in into midseason, right? That's not acceptable for a top five budget roster in that region, right? So, how are we? The reason this team is not getting shit is because the only people with power that were ever known to this team have been fired already. KDG's gone. So, because there's nobody standing out, there's nobody to attack, nobody talks about them. Well, well, I mean, Adam Adamu's there, Grayson, but I'm not saying that people, again, I'm, I'm not saying people should attack him, but he is, he has so far been the only GM that's been kind of immune to community, like, blowback. Um, I mean, also because he's more make, make, owner level, right? Like, I think people perceive him that's more That's probably as true. A, right? Like a, yeah, I think he's he's pretty high up. He is also pretty fucking high up. So as you, it's like, you couldn't really just go for his job. He's like, he's, he's a bit of a top dog in that organization. And again, I'm not saying people should be attacking him. They should not. But um, he's been fairly immune. I, I think the, 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 the thing that pains me about Pre a lot is that People, again, have no fucking idea what GMs do. You don't. You think you do? You don't. Yeah. Tell me in the comments what you think a GM does. Yeah. 
You know, like, what do you think they fucking do? And there's there's going to be shit missing. The problem with, with with me asking me that question is because I'm about to answer it, so it doesn't really matter what you say anymore because I'm about to answer it. And um, you know, the, the answer's already been put out there, so you the, you can't. You know, it's it, this is no longer a real question. Consider it to be a rhetorical question. So you know, don't even bother really replying because I'm about to tell you. Um, it comes back to like, oh, uh, team lose, GM bad. Team win, GM good. Same shit again. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing about Pre. Not only was he transparent and open, he legitimately brought in, in a situation in a league that is not financially doing well, this guy's bringing sponsors to the fucking table. Look at the Washington uh, uh, Washington Justice sponsors of what they do have. A lot of a lot of those, you know, Pre kind of work that shit. You know, the bear sponsor, the the coffee thing going on there as well. Um, they had McDonald's at one point. I don't know if Pre was part of that. I know, I know there was a decent amount that Pre was part of. Um, he was, you know, they, they set up fan things to get with the fans, uh, you know, act, activations and activities. Um from like an organizational perspective, like that's that's actually what you want out of a GM. You want someone that can like at a business level bring finances and bring business to your team. Um and really at the end of the day you you pick your coaching staff and you sign off on your players. You trust your coaches to build a team. Some some GMs are like a little bit more hands on with the team building. Some of them are very hands off and the and the coaches are full control. I don't know exactly how it went down in justice. But Pre was like one of the good dudes. He was one of the he was a legitimately nice person who only wanted the best. Even even on his exit, deleting everything on Twitter and just like counting his social media, his final words was like, it's haunting. It's like, you know, I just want to what words what, what I'm trying to I'm like kind of paraphrasing here. But like essentially he just he just wanted to see his players go to new homes if they could. He just wanted to help the players still have careers. Um, and I've talked to them about situations where, like, they didn't want to be the team to just drop players. They were, they were, there's some, because you, here's, by the way, here's the other thing people complain about, like, oh, yeah, the, uh, Mayhem just dropped Adam, <laughs> and then this guy got dropped, and then that guy got dropped, and then Myungbong got dropped, and the, these guys are just getting dropped, and oh, these teams abusing these 30 day <laughs> contracts and dropping these players, all these abusive teams. Guess what? Washington wasn't fucking one of them, and Pre had a very firm stance on not being that kind of team. He didn't want to drop, he didn't, he, he really didn't want to drop players unless he really had to because he knew that if he dropped the player like in this transition year where overwatch 2 is like not even accessible you can't even you can't even like play it on rant you can't grind it your career might be over he was very concerned about his players livelihoods protecting his players in a in a game where other gms and other teams are fucking ruthless bastards about it right literally on a whim like yeah that guy's cut fuck it yeah. Psycho's just gone. Shockwave's just gone. All these players just fucking gone, just deleted. Pre and the Washington Justice didn't want to be that. They wanted to protect their players and the livelihoods of their players and the, and the staff as well. Um, and the people that are like, well, Pre must be a bad GM because he's protecting Supreme and Supreme is obviously the problem. Again, my position is that you don't know that. I'm not saying he's not the problem. I'm not saying 100% that he's not the problem. But I'm also not saying that he is. Let me, let me, and I'm going to say this. Here's, I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop a fucking bit of juice on the podcast here. And I'm going to say this because no one else is ever going to say this. And but, but, but for the people getting scared, I'm not actually naming like 
I'm not putting anyone under pressure here. No one's under fire here. And I'm not going to put out like specific names. But here's a piece of juice that no one knows about. There is at least one, one internal issue on the Washington Justice between two players that I'm aware of. At least one that I'm aware of, 100%. Mm. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I can't speak more. Mm. I, it's not my story to tell. I'm, I'm not, not going to go further than that. But like their entire staff is all gone. All the players are about to be yes. fucking gone. Yes. At this point, what is it? At this point, it I might as well give you at least that much. At this point, I might as well give you at least that much. But I can't say more than that. Which is why I'm so pissed when we believe, like, oh, yeah, well, Supreme is definitely the problem. It's like, motherfucker, there are so many other problems that can happen. This guy isn't a psychology psychologist. This guy isn't a fucking marriage counselor. If there are players beefing, what the fuck can he do? And by the way, these are two starting players. It's not, not even bench players. Two starters beefing. What can you do? Try and, try and you know, yeah. try and be a counselor just like, hey, guys, kiss and makeup, maybe, shake hands, maybe mm -hmm. just punch it out like men and just, you know, boys will be boys, maybe just punch it out and be happy afterwards. <laughs> what can you do? I'm just, what I'm trying to say I think TSM there, there tried so, that one. There are so many, so many, like, outside of game issues that can and will occur. Yes. Fucking yes. look at Dallas. Two, sure. year, two sure. years ago. I, you know, I have a lot of respect for Dallas's team. Two years ago, they had a fucking player, the public player beef. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, this shit can just happen. This shit will ruin your team. Don't even bother going back to season one, because that's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. It's like people, people, this is why the whole, like, oh, team lose, coach bad, GM bad. This is such a fucking no. mind-numbingly yeah. stupid assessment. Shut the fuck up. Please sit down. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The thing is, like, unplug your keyboard, motherfuckers. I feel like even in the past, when whenever someone tried to bring up that mm -hmm. it also sometimes is the player's fault, they were always eaten alive. Oh, no. And it's and it's tough to just like try to convince everybody that like either their their favorite player could be at fault or like I think there is a sense. There is a safety from the community's perspective to like guard the laborers, right? I, I think that's very valid and I think that's fair. But to say that they are never at fault, uh, yeah, I think we need a correction. If we're talking about market corrections, I think we need to correct that one because I think they get away with a lot that really can't be uh, within good faith or at least ethically um, said to the public, right? Like oh, yeah. it's... That's tough. Here's a, here's a name of a retired player. Someone like Striker could absolutely fucking sabotage your team. Absolutely. Internally. Yeah. The, the canon has happened. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, if, I know there's a there's a bunch of fucking foreheads out there. Like, yeah, but he was on shock and they won. It's like, come on. Like, you, know, <laughs> you don't know the stories. Um, uh. My point is, is like, you, there's, there's like, and, and the teams are not going to air this shit and they shouldn't. No. And I probably, and I probably, Again, the, my limit is just saying something could exist, and I'm not going to say who it is because mm -hmm. I'm not here to I'm not here to be a drama lord. This isn't you know as much as I joke about like oh yeah, Call of Duty, they should just fucking fight it out. It's like you know I also respect the position of especially from a guy like Pre. He's he's one of the few GMs that is willing to really protect his players. He would never, and that's he, noble. He, he would never noble. get into that. He would never get. He would he would protect yes. his players even even if there was a, like a very problematic player on his team. I guarantee you, 
he would still release that player with as much dignity and, and PR protection mm-hmm. as possible to, as to not fuck over that guy's career. Because he doesn't, he does, he can't, because he legitimately fucking cared. And you guys roasted him for that. You guys fucking burned him at the stake. One of the few GMs that actually legitimately cared and was a legitimately good force in the league. You guys fucking burned him at the stake because you went on a witch hunt and you just wanted to see some motherfucker burn and you didn't care who. That's what I'm pissed about. Yeah, okay. I, I don't actually think anyone has a has a human mind when they talk about that. Like, I feel feel like, and I hope, like, someone, like, in Priest's p- position, and, like, unfortunately, yes, he's probably an outlier case, but, like, it's definitely not the first time that shit like this has happened in the Overwatch mm. League. Mm. I hope these people have the distance to realize that nobody's actually really criticizing them as people because Correct. they are actually criticizing like a simulacrum, like an idea or like a manifestation of all the shit things yes. that they think yeah. is happening in this team and project mm-hmm. it onto this one like very simplistic idea of what a dude is doing. Yes, it's a role, not a not the person. And yeah, I don't know, like... Of course, like we also have limited insights into what actually transpired, and like, you know, like things are just so vastly complex. Like, it's mm-hmm. I, I, it's just, it's never as easy as a Disney movie, guys. Like, there's there's if not only. there's no scar, you know. Like, there's no <laughs> purely good and purely evil people. True. Like everyone has a little rascal in themselves. And some have more a bigger rascal in themselves. Shut up. God, you've been fucking on that pun since 2017, and I'm over it, but you gotta <laughs> stop with the rascal. The, the inner it. rascal, all right? Yeah, no, and the we element, get it. We yeah, get element it. of irreducible rascality. <laughs> That's the most like you thing you can. And just say. like there's probably a non-zero amount of people that are also saying something like, oh, you know, what a GM and a co- coach's job is to make sure their team wins. It's like, bro, if that was, if that was, if that's what you think it's all about, then 19 out of 20 teams yeah, should just suck. fucking self-delete. They should yeah. all just self-terminate. 19 <laughs> out of 20 teams should just fucking, they should all just leave. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're not winning. Only one team wins, guys. By the way, only one team can win. So uh, unless you're the winning team, uh, I guess everyone can just quit their jobs. Do you yeah. not know how sports work? <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. You oh, can't well. tell me like you can't tell me it was like oh yeah but you know their regular their record is like uh, uh they're like underperforming what's their I'm gonna grab their record right now what is it it's uh uh eighth place six and eight yeah okay they're two they're two games below even yeah they lost to London London again congr- it's nothing London, against London they they yeah. did super well congrats to Chris Hardy yeah. and the rest of them they fucking nailed it Nuki nailed it. they all fucking mm-hmm. nailed it right. Um, oh, by the way, and, real talk, like good for this team that they in the eleventh hour of them playing together, like pulled off a game like against the Shock, right? Sure, yeah. They That's absolutely Washington have won versus that Shock. One. Yeah, they yeah. should yeah, have yeah, won yeah. that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. For a team that's like on the brink of self self destruction, there's no way they should have played Shock that close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I don't. Again, when you when you really contextualize it, Washington is a mid-level spender. They're only just 
slightly below mid-level results, but somehow still managed to get sometimes very competitive. Yeah, can they lose games to London? Sure, but have you considered that maybe London is a fucking top five team? Does the London is the London loss really that bad? Considering that London are actually a kind of like a good team. Mm-hmm. Contextualize it for me, please. Like, what are the worst losses they had? What what played matches? What do we got? They have lost to Mayhem a couple times. Boston, maybe you can consider those bad, but those are also competitive mid-table teams. I think it's not mm-hmm. crazy that they trade games. It's not like it's not like they lost to a Paris or a Vancouver. That didn't not, that did not happen. Yeah. Right. So. I don't think when you look at their win-loss record and who they play, I don't think it's crazy that their record is what it is. I don't think it's that crazy. Mm-hmm. So people seem to like unfairly target them for their record when like, you know, <laughs> you have an S-tier spender in Toronto and, and six places. Again, I don't, I'm not saying people should, like, oh, this is not a justification to just fucking start targeting Toronto now, but I'm just saying it's like, <laughs> it's like a weird double standard. Yeah. Like Washington just ended up being public enemy number one because like everyone's talking about it. And, um, you know, and, and fair enough, I played the fucking clout game and I talked about them and I made fun of them every now and then. Um, but yeah, it, I feel like they got an unfair amount of slack and, you know, now that their team's about to die, it's like, you know, this is our final chance to, this is the, this is the eulogy to Washington. This is like, this is my half hour eulogy to Washington. I just feel like, you know, <laughs> there are people on this team that will never get to speak their truth. And so sure. I'll I'll do my best to at least speak a little bit about it, what I do know, what I can talk about. And that's it, because I think uh, you know, they they there were some good people on this team that will probably at the very minimum not work in Overwatch again, maybe. Uh and yeah. you know, some some shitty fans out there might be celebrating and pissing on their grave and fuck you, but you know, for being an absolute piece of shit for doing that. Um but yeah, I mean if you are upset that the Washington Justice are losing, uh, you have like 19 teams to be upset about. <laughs> I would feel especially terrible. And of course, like, theoretically speaking, there's still the worlds where, you know, some of the Justice players just stay with the Orc. Uh, I mean, presumably also because their salaries are really pretty low. And mm-hmm. like someone like Opener, dude. Sure. Like, I find this I guess out. I a future. And... Yeah, and then I look at the Justice YouTube channel, and there's literally the guy, and I click into the video, and it's like, he talks about how much he likes America, the architecture, and he then he plays the cello. I'm sitting here, like, as if it's the Truman Show, and someone says, dial up, put more emotion, more emotion. Yeah, a little bit more, he's about to cry. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like, these are the type of people that don't deserve to be in those uh, situations that, that no, are currently transpiring. And I hope that this is a happy end for someone that came out of nowhere, overperformed expectations. Yeah. Is overperformed. Like, overperformance. Such a nice guy. Like, come on. Right. This yeah. is everyone's dream we're talking about here. That's going to mm-hmm. die in approximately 32 hours if, yeah. if, if th- this actually happens, you know. So, mm. or maybe, I mean, maybe we are, we, uh, maybe something like gets maybe figured out off. or yeah, like who knows? for the next season, of course, like there's still a world where the next Overwatch League season hopefully starts a little bit quicker and then people still consider them or 
someone like opener has the the grind in himself finds it to go back down to contenders like someone like Anson Jay and just comes sure. back you know like mm-hmm. i hope to see stories like this because man this this destroys me i just i just think That's again they, this team was just unfairly targeted like they somehow new york got less hate than justice this year new york <laughs> 2 and 12 true yeah the fucking yaki on this team um major fumbles across the board in their roster building there was a whole Vulcan drama was on. Somehow, be, mm. with all of that, with all of that, New York got less criticism than Justice. Explain that to me. And now we've also revealed that New York are not, they're not a cheap spender. They're not, you think this is not a fucking huh? 50k team, okay? This Damn. is a team that spent some money on their t- roster too. This is a yeah. mid-level spender. Yeah. Both teams, mid-level spenders. One of them is 6 and 8. The other one's 2 and 12. But the 6 and 8 team is being fucking hung out to dry. I'm not saying people should go and attack New York, but there's a fucking double standard out there. There really is. Yeah. I, I guess, I'll say it. I, I think, think you should. I think, I think the difference here is that, like, the public is mad that they didn't get their blood sacrifice. Like every every other team that somehow had <laughs> well, the fucking bloods flowing now. They they they, they fucking they're yeah. getting more than they bargained for in a blood sacrifice. Yeah, mm. because if you think about it, every other team that seemingly underperformed Toronto let go of KDG, NYXL let go of Kuki. Like that absorbs you of oh, all, eventually, right? Yes. Even before they got, even before they got let it, let go of Kooky, this team never got as much hate as Justice. Not yeah. even close. Yeah, and they performed way worse, way worse. And this is a team that like has a huge legacy. Again, I'm not. That's people also true. People, this is this is not a justification for people to shit on New York. I'm not saying more people should shit on them. I'm saying less people should have shit on the Justice. But like, New York two time stage winners, one of the most beloved rosters. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. this is Jonak's old team. Like, this is a huge historical team. One of the best teams historically, now 2-12. and 12. Like, mm-hmm. this team is getting less hate than the 6-8 team. Yep. Three flex supports, lol. Fucked up Myongbong's dropping. Posted his yep. fucking We Won meme. Like, a couple yep. of people, people are memeing on that now. Like, people aren't even upset about that anymore. It's a, it's a fucking community meme. It's a joke now. Mm-hmm. It's ha-ha funny joke now. It's not even people, it's not even like a travesty anymore. Yep. This team, this team gets to get away with anything. Holy shit! New York at this point could re-sign Vulcan and drop him again in in two days, and people would be like, "Oh, that's the funny team just did the funny thing again." Mm-hmm. No flack. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, that's kind of better burn justice at the stake. Am I right, fellas? Huh? Am I right? I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the weird one out. I'll, I'll be the uh, the pariah here. I do think that more teams need actually severe like pressure from the public because it's not okay that teams over like are paying the amount of money that they are and are underperforming or you know treating their players the way that they are. And, you <laughs> if, know, and, if and, the public knew how much some of the Vancouver Titans players were being paid to have them be. Yeah. Well, they are only one in thirteen now. But to have them be completely winless for that long—it's ridiculous, bro. Bro, it's nuts. Yeah. If you, oh my god, oh my god, it's nuts. Oh and that's where god. I think, even in the opposite, uh, I, I do think that more teams need more public pressure. Um, and I think uh, the teams that overperform need a lot more public, you know, praise. I think the Mayhem need a lot of praise, and I think they deserve a lot of praise. I think the London Spitfire, and I've said this before, um, are writing the blueprint on how to run a budget team. Period. The end. I'm sorry. It's not like, right. It's not easy, but it doesn't shock people, me. 
people giving Chengdu a free pass as well. The, you know, sure. the team that did so well last year, now fucking yeah. five seven, barely holding it together. Yeah, kind of pretty. If come on, people, people living this and now mm -hmm. Va Valiant's just like it's an old joke now. People don't even care about that anymore. You're about yeah. to have like two more Valiants. <laughs> Welcome. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just like all right, <laughs> cool story, I guess. Yeah. Yep. I, th I think in do? general, like, it just annoys me that we are not, like, it feels like we're, we are much more frequently shit on bad teams than we, like, hype the the ones that are seriously overperforming. Like, I was looking into my mm -hmm. budget tier thread on Reddit. There were, like, two comments on London, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's what there isn't there like human nature studies I thought about how you focus on bad things. In my so mind, like I was thing. about like as I'm writing this, like my yeah. mind is like I'm writing a celebration of Christopher, and then nobody mm, gave be. a fuck. Like they're nine and four. Like even for some miraculous reason, even uh, Mayhem got more gas, even though they had seven and seven. You know, like sure. I don't know. I think either either or they deserve a lot of love. I think with Houston they're winning with less ways. flexibility as well, which is the crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, which is yeah. nuts. Yeah, I, I think I think by the end of the season, I, if if more GMs and more teams don't try to replicate and really like reverse engineer um, what London are doing, I think they need to be fired. I'm honest in saying that. Like we have seen this. I think we saw this coming. I think we've seen it in action. And now if you're not going to like wake up and smell the roses to like what you can do on a budget and not just go up oh, with the, the money and the money equals the wins and the wins equals more money and like vicious cycle. I'm sorry. You deserve to be fired. Yeah. I'm, so I'm over the whole spend more money, get more wins, speaking get of, better um, players. Speaking of uh, being over things now, I guess this is like the last time. I ever really want to, at least for me personally, or speaking on behalf of anyone else, I ever really want to talk about the Washington Justice in depth because I'm also tired of it now. I feel like I feel <laughs> sure. like now because like I mean like it's like oh why weren't I tired before? I, I don't know maybe maybe it took for the for all the blood to be spilled here and just like mm -hmm. just seeing the devastation of what that team is, sure. um, and actually having some a little bit of a clue of like how things that actually operate on the team is just like this is pretty heartbreaking so yeah um believe it or not i'm actually still being neutral here again i'm not i'm not saying that this is a good team at no point people because i know there's an there's going to be the, some some idiot out there is like oh yeah avril copium wash defending the wash this guy's mm -hmm. a justice sympathizer this guy's Sim a justice apologizer it's just oh. like yeah, no, I'm just being neutral here. I'm not saying they're a good team. I'm not saying they're winning the league. I'm not saying they're winning a stage. I'm not saying they're a top five, top six, or even top seven team. I'm just saying, like, they're a mid-level team with mid-level results, with mid-level funding. I've said this multiple times. People don't seem to fucking get it. A mid-level team with mid-level results and mid-level funding, getting those results, that's expected. And before it's like, oh, but the talent is there. Yeah, there's plenty of teams where there's fucking talent and they're losing. This yeah. motherfucking, you look at Guangzhou Charge, they had Krong and Choice and one, they were fucking losing. Chengdu have leave last his MVP with Gaga and fucking Monk and they're losing. Mm. Okay? Philadelphia win and lose games equally. They, they're capable of being a Soul <laughs> Dynasty True. and True. getting reverse whipped by the Valley in the same week. Okay, this is, Shanghai is getting fucking blown out of the midseason madness. 
Atlanta just lost twice this week. New York at fucking two and twelve. Parrish just blew up their roster. There's so and there's there's some of these teams have players like Glisters was a fucking he why isn't he included the talent is there? He's a talent. Mm-hmm. Why don't why don't people include Yaki in that talent is there conversation? Is he not a talent? Because every time I call Yaki overrated, some motherfucker says to me, Oh, you're hating on Yaki. He's, he's so good. It's like, okay, but yeah. you don't talk about him in the same context of the talent being there, clearly. You don't talk about him like that. You don't. No. Only applies to Washington for some reason. That's my problem. People being unfair, people having double standards. So, yeah. yeah. That's the ode, ode to Washington, my eulogy to Washington. Uh, they are dead now. The people I know on that team are all gone now. Uh, whatever happens next is a completely new team. I have n- nothing to do with them. No relation at all. Don't know any of them. It'll just fresh restart. Uh, and see what happens for better or worse. My only request is I hope people at least give it the new fair shake, new roster a fair shake. A- as mm-hmm. I will also uh, equivalently say that about Paris. So I hope people give yeah, Paris a fair shake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think expectations need to be set. I think, um, depending on what justice do again, we don't know, uh, as of recording this, we don't know what has happened to the justice, uh, per the roster yeah. lock deadline. Um, uh, but we can speak about Paris. Um, mm. and I think expectation should be set. Otherwise, I think that they do have outs and again, it's tough, but there's actually contextually, contextually looking at maps. This is important. Sure. Washington, Washington is 60. Sorry. They're 28, 29 maps. Mm. One versus maps lost. They're only negative one. Minus Florida are 27 27. And then Stretching. below that, yeah. Boston, right below Washington, is 24 32. Mm-hmm. So it gets it gets quite a lot worse after 20 and 29. Then when you get to New York, it's 18 39, 12 39 for Vancouver, 10 and 41 for Paris. That's officially the worst record in the league. That's even worse than mm-hmm. both Vancouver and Paris are worse than Guangzhou sitting at 8 and 34, which is negative 26. Yep. So Washington are like they're like a 0.500 team, realistically speaking. Mm-hmm. When you look at maps. Middle of the middle middle of the tier team. I don't know. Atlanta's twenty eight yeah. twenty five with only one more win than we'll Washington yeah. regular season. Just I guess nuts. people I guess people wild. say I guess people say it's like, yeah, but Washington Atlanta came third and they make deep tournament runs. Bam, yeah. grounded. Yeah. I don't hate that, but like I don't know. Yeah. Given that given that being the case, you should probably be a little bit more upset that they're only seventh then. Um. Yeah, and I'm trying to. I'm just trying to like look at look at what is happening across the other teams, mm-hmm. and like it's disproportional for sure. And see, yeah, seeing how the disproportionate the hate is for one very specific team because mm-hmm. they've been specifically targeted by everybody. But uh, you know what? Now they can rest in peace, Scob. Rest their fucking souls. The tombstone. The tombstone will will forever read. We tried zero five zero dot five hundred. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, let's talk about games. Games. Uh, not in a not a lot because we already spent two hours on drama. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's I feel like it's fair because it was like you know there was no, a, there was a know, lot of stuff that happened. Uh, I wanted to get some shit off my chest as well. Of course. Um. Avril was being insufferable. I'm trying to speak from the heart. <laughs> so I feel I feel some type of way about it. I'm trying to speak from the heart. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of personal emotion in there because I knew some of these people personally. I helped to get a job for somebody on this team as well. Like there's, I, there's like someone close to me on this team that's probably losing their job too. So mm-hmm. yeah, like this, like if that, if it doesn't bother you that, that if, if the whole thing's fucking blowing up and everyone's losing their jobs and then there's motherfuckers out there celebrating people losing their jobs, what kind of a fucked up human being are you? Seriously, look that's at yourself in the mirror. That's a little Uh, who wants to... St- actually, you know what? I'll start. I'll start with... No, actually, I won't. I've been talking for ages. Somebody else, pick pick some games from some teams in the past well, week me, that you want to go over. Can I toss up a more... I, I, I hate to bring up another large, chunky subject that we could get into, but I'm going to toss this up to the class because we did kind of talk about it pre-show, uh, the pre-podcast, which one of these days we're going to have to like record some of these and like make people pay for them because they're kind of spicy. Um, how do we feel about Drunker Queen? We're one weekend. Kind of crazy meta. How do we feel? <laughs> Dude, I'm whatever whatever everyone in the public feels, I am that plus one extra month. Yeah. So I've already been casting this shit for a full month of contenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm way more over it than everybody else's. If you are over it, I'm I'm that level over it plus an extra month. For sure. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm just looking at life bars and wonder if they get twice as green. Yusuke is on bug watch because <laughs> Junker Queen does have a weird bug where Commanding Shout does um, sometimes double cast or however it works. I'm not entirely sure on the mechanics, but it ends up applying twice to her allies, but not her. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like that allies can, can definitely twice as a bug. Yeah, that's that's a little rough. Wish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That one's that one's a hard one to to look have a read beat. Two hundred green mm-hmm. HP for free. Let's go. Yeah. Hashtag I'm not dying. You've just doubled your HP pool. Fucking I want to. I feel like we need to rename this to like the green meta because I feel like with like rally and B and commanding shot, like everybody's health bar is just green all the time. Yeah. I'm just like, what's up with the green comp? You know, like it's, evergreen. Like, it, why? Why is everything goat? Here's a man? problem. Fuck, here's a I wish problem we were. With, wow. Here's a problem with all the different names people come <laughs> up with. None of sure. it gives you as much clear cut information right off the bat as Jotes does. Or just Jungle Queen Goats. Oh, it tells you everything you need to know. Everything else gives you less information and and or is harder to say. Man. Jotes, one syllable, tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I th- uh, I'm, I'm learning to like it, if I'm going to be completely honest. I know that's kind of a hot take. And I know that Hashtag like is- Stockholm Syndrome. Early I mean- signs of Stockholm Syndrome. No, this is this is far beyond that. I think you know this is a sunk cost, if anything. Um, I like Overwatch. You, you are in now general. in love with and defending your captor slash abuser. Pretty much, that's the um, level you're at. No, I, I. Is it is it the most entertaining meta possible? No. Um, is it one of the worst metas that I've watched? No. Um, at least for me, I can only no, speak yeah. on behalf of me. I agree. Um, but I think there is something like really fun. And like very easily dissected when you have like very rigid mirror composition metagames where both teams have the equivalent number of resources and they are applied in so many vastly different ways. And I think that's like really fascinating to go, okay, like where are the sojourns positioned or or who's playing a little bit of Ash? Because there is a little bit of flexibility. We're seeing a little bit of May. We're seeing a little bit of Ash. You know, Mayhem has their weird like double flex look. Sometimes London plays the Rhine or whatever. 
but it's definitely not like up to the degree that I think like the Overwatch community would love it to be. Um, but there, but there is something kind of fun about, well, at least for me, um, kind of digging into like resource use and like the where it's being used and how it's being used. So uh, I don't know. That's kind of fun for me. It's kitty goats. It's the child version of goats. Mm. You know, not a bit. Like, yeah, I, I, I jokes. Also- I agree. Jokes is to goats what Valorant is to CSGO. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I still think, like, I agree with Joe. It's, like, not the worst meta we've ever had. Like, if you no. give me a pirate ship meta, I, I'm Oof. looking for the next bridge. Like, yeah. it's... Well, that's a little dark. <laughs> that shit is so, sh- so ass. Like, every meta there is bad. I personally hate every top meta. I hate every sim meta. Uh, Ooh, a rush sim meta would be. You guys, are, you guys are getting pedantic about the order of. Here's the here's a reality situation. This is a D. There's a five tiers. This is a D tier meta, and all the ship metas go in D tier, and you guys are arguing over what order they go in. When my perspective is, it's shit. They're all in the D They're all bad. Okay, that's that's a very fair take, and I I will admit bias on that front. And I am the guy that's like, well, maybe the Justice are a playoff team. Uh, maybe I don't know. I haven't ranked them, and like, right. d- I'm gonna I'm gonna wave the flag there and go. You're right. I have not gone through and ranked every single meta. Um, that's content that I'm now gonna think about like, doing. Like debating because I, debating, I don't know. It's hard debating to say. how bad the D tier metas are is to make such a pointless <laughs> activity. Sure. When the when the reality is they are all fucking bad. Yeah. They all belong in that same shit tier. I, I if so who yeah, cares what see, order they are in? Like, see, I would argue that like a low C tier meta. It's it's not. Yeah, it, this is watchable. I, I would say this is watchable for me. You're the least. guy. Just you're for the, me. You're the guy that gets taken out of the the sex dungeon for the first time in twenty years, and the police officer walks up to you is like, "Are you?" You know that person? You're like, yes, I do, and I love them too. That's you. That's the level of Stockholm you're at. Of course, I put myself in there and stayed for twenty years. Like, what yep. I, yeah, yep. We 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 uh, we went there, given our consent, and we're like, yeah, no, we we're in, in no, a you did not. You we both got kidnapped <laughs> off the street, fucking bag over your head, straight into a van. You haven't seen sunlight in twenty years. Look, there's no I objective. Mean, yeah, yeah, it's Stockholm pretty dark. You're so Stockholm syndrome. Yes, that, but that's still a reality, you know? The, the dopamine is yeah. still pumping, you know? Whatever. Like, yeah, but... I, I'll, I mean, I'll, share, I'll share in my frustration with you, Avril, on a completely, like, an, a flip side of the coin. I think we are not watching great Overwatch, and I'm excited to see what this turns into. That is very true. Yeah. It's just like... I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I already wasn't a fan of GOATS, but I could at least appreciate the strategic depth. Sure, this meta yeah, yeah. doesn't even have that. No, this is my problem. Yeah. So at least, at least we had something extra to bite into. Yes. For the real goats comp, this is just like, come on. I think what also is true about this comp is it has a tendency to over exaggerate the shit parts of like let's say maps. If like if there's one more standoff between two teams like it was against Justice and, Justice shock, and shock on Coliseo. Bro, 
That shit was unreal ass Overwatch. I never want to see this I don't, again. That's not, I don't think that's... Well, okay. I think that might be the game type and maybe some of the team. Like the both okay, teams I'm not like saying the level of play theories. was ass. I'm, even though yes. I will say I talked to some of the coaches of the better teams and everyone's like, what are they doing? This is ass. <laughs> but... but um, like it's sure. it's not the type of experience I want to see where you have no, a waiting room while like your soldiers try to load up their fucking rails so they can right. one shot right. coin flip. Yes. Whoever gets the first picky pick wins the next fight. Like, come on, this is fucking brain dead. Do you remember the London oh, who was it? It was London versus somebody in goats, and it was on Oasis what is it? The big drum map. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where it was just like the back and forth meatball From goats the- movement. It, oh no, it's not on Oasis. I'm sorry, it's on Busan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanctuary. Uh, it's almost sanctuary. Yes, sanctuary. Yes. Um, there was there's a very like comical team fight where it's I think it's the first fight on Sanctuary. It's London versus somebody. Somebody in the comments, help me out here. Um, and it's very similar. I don't think it goes for three minutes, but it is very much just like a standoff war of attrition and like everybody is just loading rails and it's the funniest shit it's 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 so you know overwatch is like being like in a bad okay let me rephrase this you know overwatch is being played in a really poor fashion when like shit like that happens where like teams have such poor neutral game that they're just like winging abilities and they're just hiding and then they're coming out and just winging more abilities and just hiding Maybe that's what this just evolves into. You, I don't know, but we'll see. It's it's I'm in for the ride. I feel like we were talking about the subject, so I'll keep I'll keep this one brief. It's the it's the okay. same thing from last discussion that we had on Junker Queen, which mm-hmm. is to say that the the thing that I, I find most unhealthy about it is not that it exists. I'm okay with the existence of jotes in a vacuum. Sure. I'm not okay with it being the only composition that gets played right. because it's so fucking Fair. good that nothing Agreed. else can exist. Agreed. Agreed. Nothing Agreed. else can exist. When you see this shit on Dorado and Gibraltar and Circuit, mm. you know, mm. you know we are fucked. Yeah. Because those are maps where typically you would have had to have played other comps in other metas, and now it's just like, no, I just play Jotes there as well. It's like, okay, well, uh, GG. Yeah. Guess we can go fuck ourselves in. Um, yeah, this is... It's it's not even just that it's boring, but it's like, it, it takes all strategic depth of hero pools and map drafting strategy and map specific strategies and like even even taking advantage of map geometry type strategies it just removes all of that out of the game entirely mm. because it used to be that like okay well for this like as again we i told yeah, we just came out of it, yeah. we just came out of mid-season madness where mm-hmm. we're literally debating like oh man should shock have gone to this map or that map and yeah. then the, the fucking one to two percent differences in here here and then and this player playing this and is the Kaluge diva really? And we we went we went from talking about the specificity of playing a diva on A and B of Eichenwald, the two points of a map, mm-hmm. specifically only on I think mostly defense as well, to then like being in a meta with none. Just fucking throw all that out the door. We're only yeah. playing jokes now. Like we were getting we were getting into the minutia of like yeah. specific signature picks on very specific parts of specific maps for a specific play style being highlighted and I, I think to me is peak overwatch because it really shows the level that you can get into in terms of depth to really come out ahead by squeezing through the tiny like couple of milliseconds on your formula one car to try and get a bit of lap time right we are really squeak we're really at the peak of what depth of strategy in overwatch looks like 
in and out of game because of like different macro strategy of like match drafting picks and all that kind of stuff for your team. Uh, to like none of that matters because you you play the same comp on every single map. None of that matters anymore. That's my problem with Jotes ultimately. Definitely think that it's a uh, rigidity is never going to get any extra credit in my book for sure. Um, I, could agree there. And um, we talked about this off pod, but like, <laughs> I also don't think there's a way to like quote unquote fix her that makes her viable okay. without completely killing her. Because yeah. I think like, well, maybe there is a way. I don't want to be too conclusive about it. What I'm trying to say is like, I think the design of the hero means that you can't have her in a healthy state where she can just like exist in a vacuum and sometimes right. be playable, but isn't dominating the meta. Like she can't be a Ryan or a Winston or a Zarya that can just like somewhat exist in like these comps you play on these maps. Mm. She, in my in my honest opinion, I think she is a binary hero that's either fucking broken or just shit. Yes. Because if her shout wasn't doing what it is now, she wouldn't be played at all. She wouldn't be played. Yeah, she hasn't done anything. I think her. I think her kit is too selfish. Doesn't help the team enough. It just doesn't. You know, it doesn't provide the utility to the team that the other tanks would. And the only reason she can play because she's mega OP. And the other problem is when you do play around her, you have to build a composition around her that is mega sustain heavy. That's built to help the JQ succeed. And. That's why you have this double main support, mega sustained double AOE green HP meta, because that's mm -hmm. what you got to do to to have success in your jungle queen. And people are like, well, why aren't why aren't people playing Anna or Wrecking Ball? And so they, all these heroes that you're naming have been tried. Yeah, and this is another thing I've said. It's like people are like you know, oh, you know, maybe teams have like this then haven't figured it out. You know, maybe they're just like you know, we need another week, we need another two weeks. Teams in experiment and scrim, and they got to figure this out. It's like, bro, we've had over a month of this shit in contenders where the teams have already been playing and then the owl teams are playing the exact same shit you could not name me a single hero in the game that could justifiably beat this meta get the hero roster out look across every hero start naming them for me and i will explain why why that doesn't work i will explain I, to you why that hero does not beat jokes i agree in theory i i i 100 i can prove it to you practically it's not a theory to me. I can prove I, it to you. I think we've seen this play out, and I, that's why I'm very interested to see how this case study plays against how GOATS played, because eventually we did see something emerge. Granted, we had a bigger sandbox to play with, to be fair. I, I have to you know, initially state that weakness. But I think there is a meta to the meta where there are some bad teams that will never get as good as like some of these good Junker GOATS teams that you can feast on doing dumb shit that theoretically should not work, but your team is so bad that it works anyways. Like that's kind of not to completely get ahead of ourselves. That's how I viewed how London was going to approach week one. And it did not happen that way. And I have, egg I, in my face if, if London can't reliably beat Junker queen with Ryan, we're doomed. That's it. And they already have it. Yes. Like they, they are. It. That was the only hope. That was the yeah. only hope. I sent a DM to Hardy. I was like, bro, <laughs> you are. You, please <laughs> say what. Please, Obi Wan <laughs> Hanobi, you are. Hadadi, you are my only hope. Yeah. You are my only hope. Save us. Please yeah. beat Jenga Queen with the Rhine. And he responded, he's like, I will try. I'm like, that's all we can ask for. That's all we can ask for. Please try. <laughs> In that same way, to be fair, I think they're also learning how to play their style into Junker Goats. And I think that, again, much like they were in Kickoff Clash and in Midseason Madness, more so Kickoff Clash, to be fair. 
It's just I think I think they also have to learn, right? Rhino like, is just too uh, Rhino, Rhino, is, Rhino is just too passive compared to Jungle Queen. I agree. You I, don't have I, the same I, damage output. You don't have the range. You don't have the initiation because Jay can just knife right. some dickhead off, off the other you're side right. and pull them in. As a Rhine, you have to unless you're getting a pin off the mm -hmm. bat or you have a shadow, you can't win. You're 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 playing. You're you're doing more. You're having to work harder for your win. One hundred percent. Trust and believe. I understand that. But there are some ass teams in this league that I think you can feast on doing things that should not be possible. Oh, yeah. Should not work. I think if London played some bottom tier teams and just pulled the Rhino versus Junk Queen, mm -hmm. London can win. Yep. But like on an equal level team, it's you, tough. You were, you were having to do way too much on the Rhine to try and win. So it's yes. not, it's just unfortunately not as good as Junk Queen. Agreed. Wrecking Ball gets fucking feasted on by the JQ as well. Anna gets run over by the whole comp. Anna's too slow. Okay, if you land a Byronade, cool, but they can just disengage with speed boost. Two of them, two of the speed boosts, by the way. Take your pick. Um, you can land a sleep dart. That yeah. will work for a little bit. Uh, Nano is just the worst ultimate than either Rally or Soundbearer currently. So Fair. Agreed. I, Anna, I, I, Anna has no ability to survive or disengage or whatever. She just dies. So you can't play Anna. I do appreciate we're we're shining a light on London here doing, you know, some some off meta stuff, which I think is fun. Um, I do want us to shine a light on Florida as well. I think their midtown against shock was interesting. I think they right. showed the double flex look against London. And I was like, eh, this. By, by the way, real quick, we are now moving into some yes. okay. actual game talk, which yeah. is going to end up being brief because we had a meta talk that I wasn't ready for. But <laughs> we, we got there. We got we there. Got I think Joe's, I Joe's think sprung them, a quick one on me. Let's go though. Hey, I gotta, to, gotta, gotta test talk, talk the waters. Talk to me about Florida. I'm I'm interested to see how it plays because I think when you rewatch their defense against Shock, like that could have been full holdable. That you know it, it wasn't completed. I think they showed not a weakness. I think a weakness speaks to an inherent flaw in the composition, which I agree with you in in you know textbook. You look at like the pros and cons, and there's a lot more pros than there are cons. But when you put it in hands of humans that have error and you know poor communication skills, uh, problems occur that they cannot execute the composition at 100%. Whether or not you want to you know pull from LS's you know Pokemon badge theory where you don't have enough fucking your Charizard won't listen to you because you haven't completed the Elite Four Indigo got whatever. Um, I like what Florida is trying. I think there are some things you can try because again, much like goats, all the practice is just junker goats into junker goats. You're just practicing the mirror. Nobody's practicing something different. And if you have an idea that you can try to leverage, maybe your player skills or maybe the depth of your roster, you look at Florida, you go, Hey, what do we have to abuse? We've got two flex supports, poggers. Let's try to use that. Let's try to make it work. And I think the midtown is a, is the best probably example that we have currently outside of maybe what London. Was the, the Midtown comp? What was the Midtown comp? I think it was basically just Junker Goats with Anazen on defense specifically. Okay. Versus and it's what? Interesting. Versus what? Uh, I think Junker Goats with Sojourn. So Sojourn. Like Sojourn. Both are running Sojourn. Yes, effectively. Like one is just here's a lot what I've seen because here's what I've seen and, and I know there's going to be people like yeah but what about the far and the echo and this so mm. the far far was being played in contenders because they were abusing a bug yeah and echo was being played to counter the fire if there's no fire there's no right. echo echo yeah. is straight up worse she is strictly worse than Genji in this current meta mm -hmm. 
Because Blade, believe it or not, Blade is more useful than Duplicate. Even though it sounds amazing to have two JQs, the amount of times I've casted and watched Echo get a Duplicate on a Jungle Queen and not get a fucking Rampage is way too many times. Why? Because Rampage is a, one of the hardest ultimates and longest ultimates to charge in the game. So long that even duplicated Jungle Queens can struggle to get the charge. Because you need you need to hit all these abilities. You actually have to land your axe. You have to get in the, you have to like you know get in someone's face and do these things, and that can be hard to do in a meta where like there's actual CC boops, whip shots, double speed boosts, all that good stuff. Uh, by the way, green HP, which you can't charge ultimates off of. Remember that because mm -hmm. that's something that people Let's forget. There's the May that Dallas ran on Control Center. Cool. That's that's yes. like a one map yeah. thing. Yeah. That's that's it's a very specific map. Thing. You you are not running May every map. Okay. Doha runs Genji everywhere else. Um. Well, I don't understand that. Some maybe can explain the Bastion thing to me. That seemed like a maybe like a real. Oh. That seemed like a bit of cheese to me. That that's me, not me, something me. That you can really. I don't think you can realistically run that all the time. Not it's like a, not all the time. But I think when we have seen it, it's because of really really close holds that I have been screaming. Yeah. Didn't Shout backbone, out if you know backbone just come out backbone with a bastion? played it on bat yeah. he played bastion on dorado because they were close holding against the point a attack right right right, right? right. their junker queen was just stuck you remember where like goats used to hold where like the eu like school of thought was like more fights equal you know yeah. better success rate they were holding like extremely close to the spawn they had the read on it whether or not they scouted the or maybe the house not in the house but it was like adjacent to it on like okay. the the track of the payload like in that area mm -hmm. and they they had the raid they had the jump on them they come out on on bastion and they just mow down commanding shout and they get rid of the junker queen straight away there was what there's that that's that example and then there right, was right. somebody on circuit royal i think it was new york i want to say it was either dallas or new york in their game on circuit royal um, where something very similar happens. I think it was Dallas, but they end up losing the fight anyways because the Bastion just doesn't like get the value it needs to. Um, but like Bastion the long the term theory. fails. Yes. Oh, 100%. Way, it yeah, is it's so <laughs> easy to knife a Bastion. His hitbox sure, is yeah. crazy big. Um, what else? We saw Ash. Okay, I'll give you that. Ash yeah. gets played. But to me, like Ash is just like an alternative to Sojin that yeah. doesn't really change the comp. No, no, the no, comp no. doesn't really it, fun it still functions the same with yeah, yeah, the same so like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you haven't really done much there. Um, but I will say, like, Ash is obviously going to be better in Sojourn in certain cases where you're playing more mid to long range, which Sojourn mm -hmm. does struggle on, especially with the nerf to the railgun. Um, Bob is legitimately a good ultimate. I think Bob is a fantastic ultimate in this current meta. Yes. Um, Dynamite, obviously, a good ability, but she still struggles on maps with a lot of flanks where yep. she can't get well protected. Uh, and Sojourn has better horizontal and vertical mobility and and you know closer range maps where the railguns are more reliable shot especially again with the nerf railgun yes. uh, accuracy yes. so i don't i i can see why ash is getting played but as yuski was agreeing to it doesn't change the archetype of the comp at all so yeah, like no it doesn't ash sojin they're interchangeable it doesn't change anything for me for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean I, I think, like, even something, like, you know how easy called it Sunbar Goats? Like, that was way yeah. more of a departure from Goats than yes. Ashes from that Sojourn. That definitely shifted, like, the play style into something, you know, you had a very, very different out. Um, whereas this one, I, I think it you know is a little is. different, but it's not, like, You know what is? is this is, again, this goes back to the JQ design, where, like, you have to be playing mm -hmm. specific archetypal, uh, probably supports is the main target here, to make this work. Because otherwise, you're just not min-maxing the hero properly. 
Um, it's just a little too synergistic so with you, some of you, the things we have. If you run anything that's not Lucio, Brig, mm-hmm. and Genji, I think that that those four, and then your your fifty EPS, you can I guess, play with some other shit. Uh, depending on what's flavor of the month, right? Sojin good is yeah. Ashia, whatever your flavor of the month hero is, you can just gonna play there. Um, but Genji, I actually think Genji is the most one of the most important heroes. Despite J- Jungle Queen getting the the majority of the attention, what I notice is the teams with the better Genjis are the ones that will ultimately get the wins because that is the biggest pop off hero. Genji, the Genji mm. players and the Genji hero is popping off harder than every other hero, especially compared to the Jungle Queen, um, and. He just really benefits from that green HP and the extra speed boost. You do love a green HP. Um, he's, I've had him described to me as like a pseudo off tank in this meta sure. because he can he can peel for his team. He can get aggressive and execute targets. Dash Reese is super safe here, by the way, because you can get these kills that dash out or the deflect double jump wall climb just to get across geometry. It just bails you out of everything. Nothing beats deflect in this particular meta. And also Blade is just good. Like, it's just good, because it also forces out one of the support ultimates, guaranteed. Guaranteed. And so you're playing into a situation where, like, you know, if either one of your blade or your rampage gets through unmitigated, you win. You win a fight. Yeah. And a lot of supports like to play tempo ults as well. I've seen yes, a lot of supports. Yes, they do. Tempo rally, Don't tempo they love beat. It. They're not even trying to counter anything. They're just trying to tempo win. Yeah. And I respect it. I respect that they're doing that. Because I think there's there's timing windows where you win fights with that. Correct. There are specific timing windows, as long as you're tracking your ults properly, where that can be successful. The issue that I'm having is that there are a lot of the times that doesn't seem like a uh, a check of the box being met. Yeah. It feels like we're just beat engaging because I, what else do we have? Um, let's as we get ready to actually finish here because yeah. we're reaching three hours. Um, let's just name 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 it for me because we're gonna we're gonna look for a rap. Name a team for me that surprise you either positively or negatively uh from the first week uh and i will and i will say for me first um glad's very negatively surprised and that i thought this team would be i think most people thought this team was going to be a lot better um you know especially given the back line but i mean who do they play again they played against dallas i don't think that's crazy Houston's an interesting one because Houston also lost to a team they shouldn't have. They also got lost to New York, so that was a crazy lost. Um, I will say that at least Glad's lost two three, so I don't think they're. I don't think this is a disaster for the Glad's, but I think everyone expected them to just be dominant out of the gate. I think everyone expected the two zero start from Dallas to be the start that Gladiators would have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I will say, surprising is Pret Team Avril. Because Pret oh. Team Avril predicted Toronto to win against the Raid, and that actually happened. What True, the yeah, fuck? That's... <laughs> Credit where credit's due. Dude, how is the Raid? I got the Mayhem. I got the Mayhem yeah, London the mayhem. game as well. I got the Boston Atlanta game as well. How you know, when I when I three Nostradamus <laughs> picks <that I laughs> when I pred London, I, I hope, you know, they'd learn that maybe Sombra isn't a good hero anymore. But I'm correctly predicted against once again. What can I say? Dude, that Lorraine loses that one of those matches is already fucking ridiculous to me. That they both both. I predicted both. Yeah. And I predicted both. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane. That's rough. Um if there's if there's not a soft reset in terms of experience, uh, it's a 
good 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 enough team to well, i, I felt like boston and toronto were coming on big upswings especially tomorrow actually i think their team is built uh pretty well for this meta um yeah i didn't and, think it was this well though like you you would yeah i don't know like we, we'll see uh, we'll see We'll see. I think I got a little I think bit lucky are, with the. I think I got a little bit lucky with the Boston Atlanta one because then Boston did just lose London straight away, yeah. um, and didn't look pretty either. So, <laughs> but I I did feel good about the Toronto Atlanta. I felt like that was a real strong likelihood of happening. Okay. But I, but I wasn't that sure about Boston Atlanta. That ended up being pretty RNG lucky for me. I think Atlanta could have won that game, um, on paper. So, dude, <clears throat> yeah. I'm not sure. Like, let, let me let me look at this. But like, at what point do we consider the perfect season a narrative for a shock? A shock? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it should be a narrative already, right? Mm, hang on. Shock still have a New York. Shock will lose to New York. Boom, done. <laughs> no, but the real team. No, but they have two teams coming up that are scary. Glads, who again, people were down on the Glads, but you have to remember, the Glads only lost 2 3. Right. Glads, who could realistically make a pretty big bounce back. And they have Dallas as well, which is looking like maybe one of, if not the strongest team in this meta. Yeah. I mean, there's 10, <laughs> yeah. 10 games left in regular season, right? Like, that's it's not over, over, but like, man, it's impressive. That would be an unbelievable feat to achieve a perfect season. Yeah. Regular season. Yeah. Yeah. Because even, even in. Even in the peak of goats, even in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty nineteen rather, uh, they were twenty three and five. They still lost five games over the the course of the entire season. They still had, yeah. yeah. Well, Vancouver still had that lost. season too. So exactly, and even then, Vancouver didn't didn't complete a a flawless stage. I think the because or the flawless there, because they were, my point yes. is, there's two teams very closely competing. Agreed. So it's, it'd be very hard for either of them to get a perfect stage. And and that's why I think it's it's so interesting to like maybe you know we're halfway through and they still haven't lost it's it's impressive even even you know with that standing would you um, say that they were would you say that we're halfway there and that they're living on a prayer i don't know if they're living on a prayer they they okay. look kind of nice they look pretty good they do look kind of uh, nice who who's they're kind of nice. again hmm? i can't tell you who's what who sings that again is that bon jovi Aerosmith? i don't bon know jovi come on what yeah I, uh, uh, living on a prayer on Jovi, <laughs> You're, okay. That was behind lame, the curtain, yeah. fans. That was lame. Yiska is the hack, the the most hackiest fucking like pseudo comedian you will ever meet. Don't ever tell him a joke because he'll just like try to leverage it against you in like really poor fashions. That means Yiska thinks Yiska thinks me stating and reading out lyrics. This guy doesn't understand the difference between reading You're and rapped it? I didn't even rap it. Even if I did rap it, that's still not singing. So you, I don't know what your comment is about. Yeah. yeah. yeah slam poetry at best. Look, it, it's, it's part of the comedic sweat. effect towards Joe that his shit joke is just like used in a completely erroneous <laughs> yeah. manner as to, you know, show okay. him the errors of his ways. Uh, I, right, right, right. I, I yeah, don't know if you all I don't know if you will answer the question, but we're moving on anyway. Yes. Uh I want you both to this is the final thing we're talking about today. I want you okay. both to name a match from next week that you think okay. is important or that you're looking forward to or Ooh. that you think people should keep an eye on. Uh, for I know me, mine. For me, I might end up stealing yours. Yeah, you're versus Vancouver. <laughs> no. Did I steal yours? No. 
I didn't steal yours. Okay, I got New York mm-hmm. versus Vancouver because I think like both teams are looking at upswings this matter. Sure, but only yeah. one of them can win, and uh, it it's also a big test for Vancouver. It's like okay, well you have two back to back teams that are close to you in the standings. You beat Paris. Can you beat New York, or is the Paris just mm-hmm. like was that just going to be your one? Is are you going one in twenty three, <laughs> or are you are you going to win another game? Is is the question? For New York as well. New York as well. It's like okay, you you won a game. You beat Houston. Mm-hmm. Is that just a fluke, or what's going on here? Yeah, they look good. I mean, they they go close with Dallas too. Like that that was a that was a yeah. watchable game. Like that was not like a you know sleep sleepy Overwatch. That was not bi week Overwatch. What's your game? <laughs> I think we open the week with a. With a potential banger, okay, I'm I'm soul reading that the Guangzhou Charge are going to go three two against the Shanghai Dragons. Jesus You're Christ. gonna say that? I yes. thought you you said banger. I was like, oh yeah, Seoul and Hangzhou do play each other. And then you said Shanghai. I, I mean, like, yes, that, that that's going to be a good game. But like the one I unabashedly looking forward to bias here that I a couple shows back that I said that Charge with the moves that they've made are a top four team in APAC. I think it starts now. I think it's okay. Charge season. And I think they beat the dragons. I'd be a lot more confident about the charge if UPA, <laughs> uh, sure. Academy, which half this charge now good. comes from, didn't shit the bed. Uh, right now, at I least Jimmy's good. At least Jimmy's Jimmy good. Is good. He Jimmy actually is good. All the people that are like, oh man, a Pruder's finally got a debut, is like, nope. yeah, I, think I think you'll find that a Pruder's <laughs> been benched for Jimmy for good reason. <laughs> Which Jimmy is, is crazy. Jimmy is legitimately better than a Pruder in this meta. Yep. I don't know how, I don't know why, but he is. Yep. Jimmy's back and he's this ready to fuck. This makes me so sad. It, it shouldn't much- make you sad. It should be, it's, it's a good thing. No, i tell you not. why, Yiska, because all they're playing is Sojin. <laughs> and Jimmy's just the better Sojin player. Okay. It doesn't mean yeah. a Pruder's a bad player. I think if we were an Ash meta, a Widow meta, or a Tracer meta. Tracer, for sure. A Pruder would play. Jimmy wouldn't play, yeah. a Pruder would play. But because we're in a strictly Sojin meta, Jimmy's playing and he's better. Yeah. Sure. That's what it is. Sure. Yeah. Jessica, what you got? Give me a game. There's two. There's two, actually. Oh, he's cheating. Oh, you you can't. You, okay, you're I the can't, worst at reading Then I'm picking. Then I'm picking one. Um. <laughs> I'm uh, giving him two. We'll I, give you two. I am. I'm actually going to go the exactly the other side of the uh, schedule. I'm going Toronto Gladiators. So, not, mm. not only is this practically like if Toronto wins this, they're making their home um, own homestand sure, very yeah. likely. It's mm. also like, can Gladiators now come back into this meta? How can Reiner look? Like, um, what is the hit scan situation like? Because uh, let's be honest, like, that's that's not a. You didn't love shoe scan? Come on. Yeah. God. The fuck is that about? (laughs) Yeah. Um. Shout out shoe scan. Can't keep playing that. Big shout out shoe scan. By the way, the people that are like, oh, maybe he's got better shot calling. It's like, yeah, that's why they only play him on one map and sub him out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice logic. Dude, never see him ever again. I, I'm gonna be honest. Whoever shat into people's collective brains about shot calling, like, did a disservice to this scene. Unbe- like, unlike anything else before. Like, the idea that it's just like that this one dude just commands comms and, like. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense yeah. anymore. Shu leaves the lobby and the gladiator is like, what do we do, guys? I don't know how to play the game anymore. Oh, what would Shu do? Oh, is, where is, he, is Shu? He needs to shot call for us. Like, come just on. Just become Mickey Mouse. Come on. Is he just like, 
uh, a modern day Shakespeare who in a foreign language speaks in golden tongues to his American teammates explaining in, in incredible intricacies how to play this meta, hence why his, like, may, I will even give him average hitscan salad is tenable in a top tier team. No, that's not happening. There's some of very course. obviously something else happening here. Yeah, he's speaking in iambic pentameter. Of course, that's that's the other thing that's <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah. Everybody understands. I do find it weird that Arns <laughs> isn't just playing the sergeant across the board, and why they even yes, want to shoot him in the first place. Uh, that is. Bomb. So I, that, I respect that people are trying to figure that shit out, but I yeah. guarantee you, it's got nothing to do with shot calling. No. Yeah. All right. What's the other game? Give me the other game. Oh, you want me to? Oh, the other game was, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, the other game is, of course, uh, shock lads, right? Like, um, sure. yeah. once again, like two big teams. Of course, like it's it feels a little bit cheaper because lads didn't look that good. I wouldn't count them out. I I I would hope that this. Oh, dude, I think Wake Two know, is gonna have a big level up. You know what the you know what the biggest big dick play that could happen here is. Is oh. Shock just three oh glads and proper's like, yeah, fuck you for anyone that thought I wasn't the MEV. Right. I'm the only MVP motherfuckers, and he just destroys gladiators. That would be um, the most big dick thing that could happen in that game. Yeah. Mm. Proper just comes out and pounds. That'd be fucking crazy. Hits him with a Reiner tweet. Hits him with a and I, and I, and I, what's interesting about Shock as well is that I, I thought maybe they would do proper Sojin, Sam Genji, but they're sure. doing they're doing the Kilo Sojin and proper Genji, and I think part of it is that as I was saying, you know, Genji might be the most important hero in this sure. meta, and mm -hmm. so kind of you want your best player on there, so it makes a lot of sense that Proper is the guy on that, because like, you know, what's the most, at least from my opinion, what is the most important hero and who's your best player? Well, put two and two together, but there's Proper's on Genji. Makes sense. Pretty simple. Uh, yeah. I don't think Glads, if, if Glads keep running this like Shujo and stuff, I don't know if I trust Glads to pull it through. Personally. No. No. Looking pretty, it's looking pretty rough out there. Um, I'm gonna cheat a little bit here and say the the way spicy game is Washington, Florida, because now it's all first of all mags gone. Second of all, it's all now like pretty apparent even for the players that they're all getting dropped. Whereas before, apparently, like they didn't know. Now they fucking know. What does this game look like? Are they just gonna walk in and be tragic because everyone's too depressed? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't blame them. <clears throat> but I got. Who who knows who plays? Who knows? Right. Just Team Peps show up on the server. Do you think it's funny? It's that rumor, by the way. Do you think it's funny that like the the French team has gone full NA and the NA team Washington DC? By the way, the NA team's going French. Is that quite ironic? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that's true, right? But yeah. Yeah. Um, if Peps is being picked up. Yeah. It's the rumor. Cool. Yeah, keep in mind, right. whoever is playing this this weekend is locked into this team in the Overwatch League, and you will never see them this season on another Overwatch League team. After the deadline, yeah. Yeah. And the deadline well, they would have ends to get dropped today. For, for us, basically, they have to get dropped today, right? Or tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's like 31 hours from this from time of our recording. Uh, there will probably still be a couple of hours left by the time this, this one is uploaded, but basically... Mm -hmm. If you see a player on a server tomorrow, the deadline has uh, on on match day, the deadline has passed, and um, they are locked, locked in. in.
for the season and will not be able to play in another Overwatch League team in 2022. Mm -hmm. Which means if they get dropped for Team Peps, this season's over. All right. Yeah. Speaking of over, thanks for hanging out. If you watched until now, you're a real one. Uh, you get a special shout out from me and you can pat yourself on the back. And um, hope you enjoyed. This was a, a, lengthy, a lengthy one, but I think a lot of stuff needed to be said here. And uh, really looking forward to the games coming up because I finally get to cast again, thank God. But uh, yeah. sadly, it will be casting more Junker Goats, which I'm not happy about. But oh well, just accept my fate. 257, bouncing out. See you next time for 258. Goodbye. Peace.